Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. He's had some memorable wins throughout his entire career as Andy Murray, but I'm not sure there will be a more memorable early round win than this one. After everything that Murray has been through the last five or six years. I remember on the back of coming back from match point down in the first round against Matteo Berrettini. Five hours and 44 minutes. Andy Murray at match point. Murray is still the master. Simply beyond belief. Murray comes back. And he wins 4 6 6 7 7 6 6 3 7 5. Believe it or not, that was 4.05 a.m. Two hours ago. Hard to believe. Uh, down at Melbourne Park, Andy Murray beating Thanasi Kokonakis in what they're saying is one of the greatest Grand Slam matches of all time. If only more of us could have got to see it because it finished, as I said, only a couple of hours ago. Uh, the second longest and latest finish to a Grand Slam match in tennis history. Good morning, everybody, and welcome once again to Summer Breakfast on this Friday, the 20th of January. The McCafe menu today, our official coffee partner, Xavier Ratan Mays will join us from Melbourne United. The import uh, out of the Illawarra Hawks will join us. BP, SEN tennis expert, so much for Brett Phillips to get through when he joins us a little bit later on. Last fan standing is back, thanks to Maccas, of course, and questions without notice. As I look... Today down the screen at my old mate Scoob, Simon O'Donnell. G'day, Simon. Yeah, Sammy. Uh, good to see you. Uh, mate, I saw the finish of that uh, Kokonakis match. I saw the start of it. I saw a bit in the middle. I dozed in between. Did you? Uh, no, no. I, I, I sort of couldn't leave it in the end. Once it started and he got off to a blinder and then he's got some sort of fight in him, that Andy Murray. He's an oh. absolute... He looked like death warmed up a couple of times, but he just keeps coming and... Uh, it was fantastic to to witness it. Um, I thought Kokonakis was just you know brilliant in the way he held himself and and handled the pressure of it all. Um, oh, it'll be interesting, and I, I look forward to talking to BP a bit later. I reckon it either makes or breaks him, Kokonakis. After that, it yep. either makes him or breaks him. It was. He played brilliantly by all reports, you know, tacked with some, some real flair and some skill. He had the match on his string. So he was, for those who have no idea what happened here, he was serving for a straight sets win. He came within two points of doing it on that occasion. 
He again uh, went close in the fifth set. Two points of victory uh, again in the fifth set. It still wasn't enough. Heartbreaking for him. He did tweet later on, that's effing sport. Um, <laughs> he didn't speak to media or anyone after the match. Um, it was actually the longest for all the matches that Andy Murray has played at the age of 35 with his metal hip and all the rest of it. The longest tennis match Andy Murray has ever played. At one point, he roared out loud, why are we playing at 3 a.m.? And, and this is part of a wider tennis debate, you know. And he did lament the fact that it had taken on farcical proportions, really, at, uh, at Melbourne Park. And I think it's the ramifications, not of so much the, the match going for that five-hour period, but for the – how do you get up for the next one? Like, you're I don't going know how to bed, for like, this one. He's, he's only two hours off the court now. If they wouldn't be in bed yet. They'd be still up and about and, and absolutely pumped. So how do you sleep today and then warm down and do all the things to get ready for your next match? So I think that the ramifications of a long match starting late, you know, after 10 o'clock, there, there probably needs to be a cutoff point at some stage, doesn't it? It's 10.20 they started on Margaret Court Arena. 10.20 it was. So he, he, it, he said, Annie Murray, afterwards, it's, it's just rubbish for everyone. I mm. mean, ridiculous that it finishes at that time. I mean, he said it, it's, it's not good for the players. It's not good for the fans. He did thank the fans because it looked as though they hung around. Amazing people stayed until the end, Scoob. And he said, if my child was a ball kid for that tournament, they're coming home at five in the morning. As a parent, I'm snapping at that. It's not beneficial for them or the umpires or any of the officials. It, um, maybe maybe we have only one match in the night session. We go away from the two. Yeah, or if it know. doesn't, you know, there's a cutoff at, you know, 1.30, whatever it might be, wherever the match stands, and that becomes part of part of the the ruling or, or part of the, the rules for the night session. But look, it was fantastic. The other one that really caught my eye, Sammy, and I think he's going to be in two years' time the best... Aussie tennis player we've got, and it's not Alex Dimonor. Oh, I know who you're going to say. Oh, Alexi How amazing Popper. was it? How he amazing was, was fantastic. it? How beautiful was it afterwards? Wow. How wow. was the emotion? I mean, you don't often see innocence, or if I can call it innocence mm. in sports like that. I don't know. He's, he's been ranked in the 50s before, and he, he fell through the floor last year. I think he, he plateaued out at 130 in the world or whatever, had a horrible run, um, horrible losing sequence, injuries and the like. But the, you don't often see almost an innocence in sport like that afterwards. It, it meant so much to him, that win. He was over, he was, he was going to cry, mm. and he was on occasion. Uh, yep. The tears are welling up. The emotion was beautiful. You could just see how much it meant to him. It was, it was special. Jeez, he played well. And into the warm down, they, they took you know, the camera into the gym, and he was on the exercise bike getting all the lactic acid out of the muscles, all the things that they have to do these days. He was on the phone responding to messages and whatever yeah. from, from mates. And there was times that he just put his head down with a big smile to sort of think, wow, how good's this feel? So, you know, we talk about make or break with uh, Tanasi Kokonakis and, and what he's just experienced with Andy Murray. And, you know, that's Andy Murray at 36. Imagine Andy Murray at 26 to 30 when he was fully fit. You know, that's how yeah, great yeah, a player yeah. he has been. I, I think you, you can't underestimate that. But if we can keep young Popper on, on the court and uh, in a good frame of mind, you know, the, the talent he has... Now, that guy can play. You know, he's yep. I think he's he's eight in the world. And you Taylor know, Fritz, yeah. Everything yeah. up to Taylor Fritz. It was absolutely fantastic. Great level. Andy Murray, by the way, is the comeback king. I know I should have mentioned this earlier, but he owns the most comebacks from two sets down in slam history. I think they were saying last night it might have been his eleventh, the eleventh time that he's done it. So the man might be on the on the canvas, mm. but he's not knocked out until he's knocked out. And the way and he constructed he... that last game yeah. to, to yeah. take it out. Once he broke 
Cockney, the way he constructed those ones, he knew exactly where the ball was going to come back to and where he was going to hit it. It was just brilliant experience tennis. And so, Thanasi Kokonakis, you're talking about the schedule of when they play and how often they play at Grand Slam uh, at Grand Slams around the world. So, Thanasi played tennis every day for the for the last four days. He started on Tuesday. He finished his round one match on Wednesday. He started his second round match last night. He finished this morning. So, technically, <laughs> he's played for four days straight. But it, it, it is part of a wider debate, which we might have with BP a little bit later on. I know Sandy Roddick also tweeted how ridiculous it was um, watching from the states that matches should start that late and finish that late in the modern era because it was thought that the Hewitt and Baghdadis match from, from yesteryear finished at 4.34 or whatever, that, that was never going to happen again. Mm. And here we are talking about it a few years on. Um, so I'm here in, uh, in Adelaide. You're there in Melbourne. Yeah. I'm at uh, Studio Lumo in SA. I've got to say, it takes a bit of getting used to here, this magnificent studio, because it faces out on the King William Street. For mm. those that know Adelaide, it's uh, right in the middle of the CBD. Big glass window here. Anyone walking by can just look straight on in here. And I think it was a reasonably big night last night in the City of Churches Scoop. I've only just put the blinds up because earlier on I was sitting there waiting to join you and, uh, yeah, there's some lively types outside the window there. So you might see some uh, you might see some interesting passers by over the course of the next few hours. I'm watching the buses go by. There are a couple of garbage trucks picking up the early garbage in uh, the CBD of of Adelaide, but, uh, yeah. they can, they can extra... party over there, so they would have been oh. up watching the tennis. They'll there'll be a few in the streets. The uh, that extra uh, half hour that you get over there too. I mean, uh, I was paranoid I was going to miss it. It was five thirty local time here when we go to air. It reminded me of daylight savings. You ever get caught out as a kid? Daylight. So I can remember rocking up an hour late to work. I can remember rocking up an hour early to work. What are you doing here? What do you mean? I'm about to clock on. What, what, what are you talking about? You don't start for another hour. Oh, now, now tell us why you're in Adelaide. Now, here for the Tour Down Under, uh, the big cycling event over here, uh, World Tour Bike Race, which is uh, which is good. So here for the next few days. Flight smooth, I've got to say, you're always relieved, Scoob, when you land, if you're travelling with uh, what they call oversized baggage, and you open it up, in my case, a bike, and it's all there in one piece, because you do hear some horror stories. <laughs> and in fact, when I boarded my Virgin flight yesterday, uh, and any cyclist listening will know the feeling of this, you're really paranoid about how it gets packed. They're pretty delicate pieces of mm. equipment. And those baggage handlers, at the best of times, perhaps aren't so delicate. <laughs> and as I'm walking uh, across the tarmac, I happen to glance over and I see the luggage, the luggage um, sort of trolleys, yep. if you like, that have been wheeled out next to the plane to be loaded on. And there I see my bike bag with about six Samsonite suitcases stacked on top of it. <laughs> I'm thinking you couldn't do that the other way around. How many kilos are on top of my frame? But anyway, I actually thought of you last night. I went Why? to a place called East End Cellars which is essentially a wine cellar that's been converted into a, a very nice uh, steak eatery. Underground? Uh, no, no, not underground. Not that sort of cellar. No, uh, not the, in name only. Um, but I had a, a beautiful hanger steak. I don't think I've ever had a hanger steak. Oh, okay. Before. What's that? What, what's a hanger steak? It's Can different. you give us a, yeah, it's like a, a tenderloin? Or? No, I, I, I must admit I'm, I haven't been a, a hanger steak aficionado. Uh, I'm more on the mainstream, but the hangers a, a genuine steak. I remember Hutchie picked a hanger steak out on me when we did a um, uh, we did a draft. We did a, a, a steak draft on Saturday morning one day, and uh, he he threw a hanger steak at me, and I sort of looked at him and think, "Is he having a lend to me here, or is there such a thing as a hanger steak?" But there is. No, not yeah, not not over. It's two hundred grams. But just really lean, um, I think it's a tenderloin or something, but a nice Bernays sauce on the side. Mm. Got some frites with it, uh, a couple of plates of greens. I'll tell you what, a nice, I thought of you with this too, a couple of glasses of Nebbiolo. Ooh, and gone the lighter red. Absolutely magnificent it was. Good. 
So you've yeah. taken your bike. What are you? Yep. So where are you riding? What are you doing? And we're going to follow the course today, but we're going to go about an hour and a half. By the time I leave you here, I'm going to get straight on the bike and start riding because we're going to try and stay ahead of the uh, the pro peloton. So we're going to have to get our skates on and hope they're not breathing down our neck. So uh, a lot of people do this today. We're able to ride the course out in the Adelaide Hills uh, ahead of the race, stop somewhere near the end and uh, and watch it, and then see where the day takes us after that. And, and then do it again tomorrow and, and Sunday? Do it again tomorrow and then Sunday. Not everyone's idea of fun, I'll admit, but uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Going to be and you're ahead of the race, not behind it. No, we'll go ahead of the race. Yeah, we'll go ahead can of the race. Can you do that at the, at at the Tour de France? You can, but the cutoff is uh, is far more lenient here. At the Tour de France, the gendarmes come through and they are cleaning that road off to hell or high water. If you're on it, you're off it. So they might give you a couple of hours leading over there here. It would be rolling road closures here. Yeah. So um, I'm sure you could probably get to within 10 minutes of the race and they'd probably come, police would come and tell you to get off. But over there in France, they tend to lock it down absolutely a little bit more ahead of time. Hey, the Michael Clark saga that we spent so long on yesterday, how's the developments on this, though, overnight? Well, mate, and I... they affect you. What? They affect you. What do you mean they affect Mate, I've been chasing his MRI result on the hammy. That's the thing that I'm worried about. No, that hamstring, something... we've got to get that right. Here, here you go. Here you go. This affects you, and it affects you in a positive way. Because I read this morning, according to sources over there in India, that his commentary stints in doubt after this new Safraka. Now, he was set to join alongside Matty Hayden. Uh, the BCCI were going to appoint him as the voice of the global feed with Matty Hayden, his old teammate. Now, media is reporting that um, they're reviewing Clark's place in the commentary team for next month's Aussie Tour. So you might not be able to go as part of the last fan standing crew. You might even be able to be appointed by the BCCI. Uh, I, the head of cricketing control in India, the almighty governing body, to be the voice and the face of Australia's tour of India. Well, he might be, have to change a few travel plans then, mightn't he, Mick? Out Clark, in Simon uh, Patrick What O'Donnell. a replacement. What a replacement. Seriously, couldn't get a better replacement, could you? Four tests well, in India, travelling around with me, looking for something to eat. Nice, and failing nice little that. glass of red somewhere. And even oh. failing that. Even failing that, I hear that he's um, he's um, pending sponsorship deal with a skincare company. He's also in the bin, so you could also look really nice and replenished as you fly over there as well. Once you absorb his skincare sponsorship, I like I like, I like where you're heading with this. I like you like it. this? Yeah, let's hey. let's start a movement. One man's trash is another man's treasure. <laughs> I always say. And what the police are investigating now? Why are the police investigating? What is? Well, they got nothing else to do. <laughs> That's a six-week-old argument in the park. Okay, there was a slap or two. But what? Police are investigating? Turn it up. You know, the language in public, possibly drunkenness in public. Assault. What, six weeks on? Assault. There's only about two to three kilos of hanger steak per cow. Uh, That's the reason why you don't see it much. It's because it's nicknamed the butcher's cup because they usually keep it. Ooh. Mm. Thanks for that feedback off the 40 Wings Temper. uh, Hanger steaks are unbelievable. Get it every time. Real beefy flavour. You might have to get onto this. I'm going to have to try a hanger. I'll I'll try one on the weekend and and report back on Monday. You you took a a couple for the Saints back in the day, so might as well eat a couple as well. Stop it. All right, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Join us anytime you like on the open line. The temper forty wings text is, of course, you people took hangers off my bowling when they were sitting about twelve rows back. Oh <laughs> four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. SEM breakfast is for the Koga Money credit card pack full of value. And if you happen to do what Simon did, or even better, if you watched all of this match. 
this incredible match between Thanasi Kokonakis and Andy Murray that finished at 4.05. Not only do you deserve a medal, but we'd love to hear from you. Chances are you're one in a million chances still being mm. awake. If you are and you're pushing on through the old-fashioned all-nighter, give us a buzz. We'd love to hear from you. Incredible scenes at Melbourne Park. We'll be back. We're off and running here on Summer Brecky right after this. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Oh, welcome back. Brad's text in, actually, Scoob. Still up, walking the dog now. Best game of tennis I've seen played in Australia, Bradley says. So he stayed the distance, gone the journey, and he's just thought he'd walk the pup at the, for a bit of a get-out-his-own-lactic acid. Yeah, well, he's, he's uh, got to walk the excitement off to somehow get a little bit of uh, a snooze at some stage. And I can imagine people at the end of it would have, you know, you wouldn't just put your head on the pillow and go straight off to sleep, no matter how tired you were, because... Yeah. You were so engrossed in the game. It was fascinating. You know, what an experience for Tanasi Kokonakis. And you know, I hope he, he just gets the right bits and pieces out of it. Of you know, he, He's nearly there. He's nearly there when you know, he, he can play like he did for such a long period of time in an open against a former great. And the only shame of it is that it wasn't played in prime time. It wasn't played when mm. it should have been played and, and uh, really would have um, would have made it because, you know, thousands, millions of more people here would have been able to watch it. Hey, Novak Djokovic, he won through in four sets in the end, but not without incident this time, Scoob. He had some heckling from the crowd uh, and it got under his skin, actually, for a long period of time. So for all the positive treatment he had in Adelaide over here and then in the early days at Melbourne Park, it just teetered over the edge yesterday, albeit a small minority who might have just... Overindulged. Uh, this is how it, uh, it played out on court. You know who it is. The guy's drunk out of his mind. From the first point, he's been provoking, provoking. He's not here to watch tennis. He just wants, he just wants to get in my head. So I'm asking you, what are you going to do about it? You heard him at least ten times. I heard him fifty times. What are you going to do? About it? Get him out of the stadium. What are you going to do about it? And then when he wasn't kicked out of the stadium, the spectator was blowing Novak kisses and mm. really agitated him. When he eventually was dragged out, Novak blew a couple of kisses back <laughs> and we finally got his man. Um, morning. Boy, explain this to me, please. This is Tim in Epping Scoob. Uh, boy, oh boy, did Simon Zara give Simon O'Donnell a big rap for purchasing the winner of the first at Pakenham last night for the Anthony Mithen team. Thank you, Tim in Epping. Oh. What's happened there? Oh, we won a race last night, first at what? Pakenham. Yeah, I only paid about 12 bucks. Well, when were you going to tell me this? Didn't I tell you? No. Oh, sure, I mentioned it to you yesterday. Oh, didn't You're unbelievable. And don't worry, plenty of spud uh, questions coming through too. Well, asking, I didn't realise you weren't here this morning. The spuds are sitting here. Hold them up. They're sitting here. Hold them up. I need proof of life. I need proof of life. But as I said, we, we've got to um, regenerate the brown paper bags for the spuds. They will be delivered, but we... Ran out when uh, uh, the the uh, they became popular because of the publicity. They've become a little popular among people Mate, that are a little further up the the list than you. I'm are. starting to question your integrity now. I really am. It's become that serious. Cam in Churnside Park, Sammy. Maybe when you eventually get your spuds, Scoob, Scoob can throw in some hanger steaks for you as well. Unlikely to get either, Cam, at this point in time. What you um, might get is a, um, a ticket for a hot air balloon ride, something like that. I'll get you. 
Well, <laughs> no. <laughs> and someone's just texting. I was just reading. Hot air balloon watch. They're over Caulfield Park at the moment looking to land. I'm just waiting. We Neither of us will get on them for quids. When they can't guarantee where you get a touchdown, that, that's where I draw the line. I like to know when I get on a, an aircraft where it's going to actually land. Yeah, and Alexi Popperin, just going back on the tennis for a moment. Yes. We, we've adopted him as the SN Brecky boy. He's good. our boy. Alexi. And good. If you haven't seen it, by the way, go back, go on to the socials or whatever you do, yeah. however you catch up with your tennis or whatever, and have a look at the post-match uh, interview. I think Casey Delacqua interviewed him. Unbelievable emotion. You never, you don't see it like that, I don't think. There was a real innocence there. It was beautiful. Yeah, like wild a card into the tournament. Sort of, you know, yeah. Wild card in yeah. then to do that is, is brilliant. And also the other uh, adopted member of our tennis team here at uh, our – SN Brecky, Camilla Georgie, uh, she got up in two sets, straight sets yesterday. Yeah, she's firing. Yeah, the 31-year-old Italian. Uh, vaccinated or not, she's on fire at the moment. She's really working her way into this tournament. Thank goodness. I mean, I might be displaced over here, but so many things just stay the same. I'm so glad we got a Camilla update from you. Um, I've become used to those. Uh, we used to do Hang a Steak Special on a Tuesday night at the Gem Bar in Collingwood. Always sold out. That's from Aaron. Um, Kramer in Brisbane, a hanger steak is from the belly of a cow. For example, skirt steak. By the way, I'm a butcher up on the Gold Coast. Uh, and a lot of people telling us uh, where they come from and uh, what they are and how they taste and all the rest of it, Scoop. So, mate, you're going to have to get with the There's program. There's only one hanger per beast. Yes, that came one. through as well. So that's why you don't see them too often, perhaps. Right. And that's why the butcher keeps them, the old butcher's cut. All right. Oh, I'll, be, I'll be doing a hanger over the weekend and, and I'll give you a report on Monday. Promise. Hey, we've got we've got uh, we've got some prizes too here to give away. I think oh, on my screen here, Scoob, we've got a we've got an Oki Melbourne uh, experience of four people valued at three hundred and sixty bucks. Uh, Eighty five minutes of darts gameplay to give away as well. Uh, Dave's called in though; he's in murder. In fact, we might be able to, depending on Dave's call, might be able to fling him um, the Oki. G'day, Dave. Welcome. Yeah, g'day, g'day, Sammy. G'day, Scoob. Um, look, Scoob, I don't want to upset you too much here with your spud, though, but, um, Sammy, I mainly wanted to speak to you today because I noticed you're over in Adelaide there, and you're actually going up in the um, district of the Adelaide Hills there. Now, just for your knowledge, the actual South Australian potato company you will find on the Nan Mount Barker Road. So if Scoob's not any good to uh, hand them over, my suggestion is with your guys in your own little pelican, head your one over... South Australia potatoes, you'll find the best one sitting right there. Dave, you legend. Now, look, I'm not sure how familiar you are with cycling clothing, but we all have three little pockets in our jerseys. I reckon we can get one spud in each pocket. Now, between six of us, that's 18 spuds. I like it, Dave. We're going to stop there because I'm no chance of getting them from from Simon. Uh, It's just an ongoing ruse. Let's put them in the bin when you get them back. uh, (laughs) Yeah, they might be. Are they... they, they, uh, Got things growing out of them, these spuds already. Are, are they, you allowed to bring? They grow true. Do we call? Um, oh. Do we call? Can you spuds bring a spud fruit? back? Are you allowed to I bring think... them back into the state? Well, they got to go yeah, in the bins in the hallways there. It's not the like going terminal. to Tasmania. They're not like going to Tasmania. I think they let just about anything in in Victoria right. when it comes okay. to that sort of stuff, don't right. they? A part of the mainland. That's a bit harsh the... from Dave, I reckon. No, I don't think so. I no, think Dave, it's dead on. Like, these are special spuds, and they, there are a lot of people want them. I can't just give them willy nilly to people that I haven't. Like, you know, a, a short-term yearly acquaintance with. <laughs> well, so much that I like Dave's call that, Dave, hang on the line, I'm going to flick oh, you that no, uh, Oki no, Melbourne no. experience of four people, 360 bucks. So I don't know how you are, Darts, Dave, 
but you certainly nailed our scoob with one today. 85 minutes of them, four share plates, two signature cocktails each. So we'll send you that your way. Uh, we've got a tennis-only uh, gift voucher as well today. We've got a stack of prizes. We've got the Summer Festival double pass as well. So don't be shy today. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Michelle just texted in. Just watch the Popper interview with Casey Delacqua. I'm on board the ride. Just a quick so- Clarky update. I'm watching both. Um, morning shows here on 7 and 9. And so far, the story has appeared on both quite significantly. So I'll keep you updating there. But as much as the story's there, there's no update on his hamstring. So it's just uh, just before we go to the news headlines, Alec Baldwin charged as well in voluntary mm. manslaughter for that uh, that shooting over that movie they were filming, Rust. And the in, person uh, that was in charge of the prop. Yeah. So, wow. Um, that's uh, a serious story. That's, uh, that plays out. Yeah, breaking at the moment. Uh, what else is breaking? Still we'll nothing get in, on the hammy, Clarkie. We'll, we'll get into the newsroom now. Be back after these headlines. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast. Sam Edmund, Simon O'Donnell on a Friday. The working week just about done. I hope you've got a great weekend lined up. Just before we get to the sports update, Scoob, uh, when we're done with it, I wouldn't mind you telling me a little bit more about this runner last night because... <laughs> Your winner, because Lurch didn't do the SEN track listeners any favours at all. So I want to talk about that in a moment. Uh, sports update is for Toro. Above or below ground, you can count on Toro. I'll start. Uh, former world number one Andy Murray has gallantly. That's almost an understatement, isn't it? Uh, it was a line-hearted performance from the Brit. He fought back from two sets down to defeat Thanasi Kokonakis at the Australian Open. The match, it lasted five hours and 45 minutes. Second longest Grand Slam match of all time. Murray triumph in the end, 4-6-6-7-7-6-6-3-7-5. A crazy night of tennis, Simon O'Donnell, and you saw far more of it than you had uh, a right to, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I saw quite a bit of it, which I, I thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, I'll be a little weary come the end of the day today, but not as weary as uh, Andy Murray and Tanasi Kokonakis. The Joker, we've talked about it. He blew up about a guy in the stand last night, a rowdy uh, fellow who might have just had a, a few too many... Um, uh, mid-strengths, and yes. uh, he eventually uh, he blew a kiss to the Joker, and the Joker blew him a kiss back as he was eg- exiting centre court. But that Kokonakis murray match went through to 4.05, but don't let it take away, because it will make the headlines away from Alexi Popper and uh, had the win of his life against Taylor Fritz, and also Alex Dimonor won in yep. four sets against uh, the Frenchman. Manarino. Manarino. And Nick Kyrgios, what about him? We know he's out of the singles um, and out of the doubles, not playing at all. Then he also is out of the commentary box. He turned down yeah. and off from Channel 9 Scoop to be part of their commentary team throughout the uh, the Australian Open that was uh, Johnny Millman's going to join them, but no mm. no special K. No, no special K. He wants to be low key. Heads back to Canberra early next week to get that, um, that uh, meniscus trimmed and uh, hopefully then six or eight weeks he's He's back on court. The BBL continued last night. Sydney Thunder oh. won by eight wickets against the Melbourne uh, Renegades. Matthew Gilk, 70, 60, sorry, 60, 74, not out from 55 balls. Did you uh, see, you wouldn't have seen any. Match. You wouldn't have seen any Didn't of this. Didn't see any of it. Now, how's this? Uh, so the Renegades blew it completely, right? So they had Corey Roccicelli on debut, the spinner. He turned the game, or he threatened to, completely in the ninth over. Right? They didn't make many of the Renegades. So he got Warner. He got Davies, both in the over, and he should have had Gilks on 29. He skied it. The, I want to say it's one of the simplest catches I've ever seen put down in the Big Bash. <laughs> Farward Ahmed behind the stumps, ran across. He had to make up five metres. He had so much time, too much time. He dropped the pud. It was an unbelievable drop catch. Uh, Rocket Shelley should have had three in an over. The Renegades probably should be 
should be uh, have won that game, and they went down because Gilks went on to blast another fifty odd and win them the match. Yeah, well, good effort oh. from Matt, uh, Will Sutherland also forty two not out for the Renegades. Dave Warner twenty six for the Thunder. Josh Dunkley we talked about his rig yesterday, didn't we? Uh, he says he can bring his defensive skills to help Brisbane in twenty twenty three. Simon, he joined the club, of course, last year's trade period of time. He labelled frustrating yesterday. He says the Lions have a great offensive game, great with the ball, but he thinks his attributes of tackling, pressure and smothering will serve them well. Um, so that's something that we will keep an eye on. And uh, as you know, I was rather enamoured um, with his physical presence uh, yesterday when I saw a photo of him uh, lifting a few uh, medicine balls. There was a crazy NBL game last night, the Illawarra Hawks. I don't know if you saw this. Did not. But they rolled the New Zealand Breakers over there in Auckland Spark Arena. It went right down to the death. Now, the Breakers had a jam at one end to put them up by two, I think it was, with 10 seconds left. Now, Tyler Harvey gets the ball for the Hawks. Mm. He dribbles to halfway, just inside halfway, and this is what happened. Tyler Harvey, he'll have the final say one way or another. Tom Evercrombie on him. This is going up from deep. You know that Hungry Jack centre circle they have in the NBL games? He had one of his feet touching that. He launched the thing from nearly halfway. (laughs) Sorry, I missed it now. I'll have to get onto the socials and have a peek myself. Uh, Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, We need to get to a break. On the other side of it, I want you to tell me a little bit more about this win he had last night, this runner, okay? Um, Text has come in. Balloon update. They've avoided landing on the open spaces of Caulfield Park. Next stop, Dandenong Road. I tell you what. You would laugh, but this is entirely, entirely possible. Oh, that, uh, they couldn't. Oh, they could. They could. And they have. Could they? they have, and they could. Uh, for Toro, they are above or below ground. You can count on uh, Toro. And a shout out for our friends at Harness Racing Victoria as well, Scooby. Uh, don't miss Harness Racing's Summer of Glory, featuring the great Southern Star and Hunter Cup, the Summer of Glory. Visit thetrots.com.au. Not sure what day you got over there at the moment, mate, but the sun just rising up here over the Adelaide Oval in the distance. going to be an absolute cracker over here in Adelaide. And uh, we're off and running here. I reckon we're in for a good show today. We're on good terms, despite you not sending the spuds over express style to Adelaide. I think the distance thing's a good thing. Yeah, I reckon reckon you're right. Back up like pen pals. Back after this. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Know that we're going to spend a lot of time talking about that incredible tennis match that took place last night for the rest of the morning and involved Andy Murray, who's now played, I think, uh, between eight and nine hours, maybe nearly nine hours of tennis across his two matches at Melbourne Park. Metal hip and all at the age of 35. He outlasted Thanasi Kokonakis in a five-set epic that finished uh, after 4 a.m. Uh, Eastern time this morning. I'm not sure if you watched it, Frank. You're out in one turner, but you want to dab your say about Andy Murray. Welcome to the show. Thanks for calling in. Yeah, thanks, Sam. Uh, thanks, uh, Simon. I can't believe that. I went to bed, I thought I just came over. But a 35-year-old guy with a titanium hip, um, mate, he must have been watching uh, reruns of uh, Braveheart yesterday because there's no way <laughs> I could believe he could get up and win that game. That's unbelievable. I reckon every Scot should be going to the tennis, put the blue war paint on and edge him on for the next game because... Uh, I mean, whether he wins or loses the next game, it doesn't matter. What the effort he's put in the last two games has been 
unbelievable. 100%. There's a lot, a lot of love for him already, Frank, to be honest. And, uh, yeah, maybe he did channel a bit of William Wallace there out on the court last night. Hey, good on you, mate. Thanks for calling in. We'll sling you the $100 tennis-only gift voucher, Frankie. So hang on the line. Tennis-only shop online at Australia's number one tennis retailer. Visit tennisonly.com.au. We spoke Wednesday morning, Simon, after his match on Tuesday, saying he couldn't even stand up. And he couldn't. His posture was horrendous in mm. that post-match uh, interview out on court. I just thought he was ready to buckle over. I cannot believe... He got up and he was, he was, Frank's right, he was d- d- dead to rights. Yeah. Two sets down, Kokonaka serving for the for the match. To come back from there and finish three hours after that with the win is just mm. staggering. No, it was quite extraordinary. He he, um, he has some uh, he has some fighting spirit in him, Andy Murray. Always has. Like, imagine if, well, it's, hard, it's completely and utterly hypothetical, but you know, if he didn't have Djokovic and R- Nadal and Federer around, I think he's won two majors Andy he like he would have won he, he would have been sort of I reckon at a, a nearly a, a Pete Sampras level like he, he was always there in semi-finals and and finals of grand slams running into one of the you yep. know the the fantastic three so you know another era he just would have been outstanding but he is outstanding just doing what he is now at his age and as Frank says with that titanium hip it's extraordinary what he's doing his mum was there last night like she's as enthusiastic now, as she was when he was 18 and 19 years old. It's a different year old making him. his way on the tour. Yeah, and it's a, it seems as though we spoke about him. Why is he going on when he won 65 million and you've won, as you say, the US Open and Wimbledon twice? Is It's a different reward for him now, you feel. It's not all about being number one. It's not all about the Grand Slams. It's not all about essentially even a, about winning the big tournaments. He's doing it for the, for the fun uh, and for the enjoyment and for the satisfaction and to. Just to just to get some enjoyment back out of the game at that age, um, and the pain that he must be going through at times to play. Um, but you is the bear the grills block. of tennis. <laughs> but the bear grills of tennis. Well, he just keeps challenging himself. Yeah. No, no reason for bears to jump out of that boat and go and wrestle that bear, but he does. Well, he's, eat, he's eating grubs and poisonous plants <laughs> out the back there at Melbourne Bay, isn't he? I reckon. I reckon they get pretty well. Hey, <laughs> uh, so you mentioned forever the bridesmaid. So at the Australian Open, he's made the final five times mm. without winning. So 2016, 15, 13, 11, 10. Five times without just taking that next step over the hump, yeah. and he was a finalist at the French in 2016 as well. So, yep, absolutely. And you said two Wimbledon's, one U.S. Open. Correct. So he's, he's three Grand Slams. I think I said two. Yeah. So he's won at two Grand Slams. One at the U.S. Open 2012. One at Wimbledon twice 2013 mm. and 2016. Okay. So tell us what happened last night with this runner of yours. What was it? What? What's it called? And where was it? What do you mean? What happened? Well, you won. had a win last night. Yeah. Where? Well, I, I thought I told you about it yesterday. Where, you didn't. Where? And uh, what's at it Peckenham, called? Peckenham, the first race at Peckenham. It's a horse called Winds of March. It's a, no, you definitely didn't mention it. It's a gelding by Tarzino out of a Monson mare. And, he's and you just, know you didn't mention it. Didn't I? Oh, no. I, I slipped my mind. You're unbelievable. You know, sometimes, like post-COVID, things slip your mind. Yeah, I think that's. Yeah. I think it's a COVID thing and also... A bit the, of fog? Yeah, yeah, a bit foggy in the mind. Yeah, quite right. So a bit of praise for you last night as well. So that's Was great, there? except, oh, that's except nice. Donnie text in. Scoob, bloody JJ, uh, Josh Jenkins, tipped the SEN track team and the listeners the other runner, which came dead set last in the same race. We didn't learn you had the other runner slash winner until post-race. Oh. Well, uh, unfortunately, I had both. What do you mean? 
Well, the first and the last one. Did you? <laughs> you own the last as well. <laughs> so, you if, bookended if, it. If, if you if you if you want a story to say how fickle racing is, there's one for you right there. Uh, wins a march, crosses the line, and wins. And then Georgetown comes over dead set, stone motherless, alast. So, welcome oh to God. horse racing. Oh, my God. Uh, Snivellers text in from Queensland. We run a tight ship up here in Queensland. Uh, that's why Clarky is in trouble uh, with the law. And AJ text in from Port Wollonga, just down the road from me here. Uh, Sammy, uh, I live in Port Wollonga where Saturday's stage four of the race is held. Get yourself and your mates to the Star of Greece restaurant on the Esplanade and you can leave your bikes on my front lawn. My Labrador Bentley will keep guard of them. Enjoy your time in Adelaide. Ooh. Thanks, nice. AJ. Good work, AJ. Love a good guard dog, especially a beautiful lab. And, uh, okay, Star of Greece. There you AJ, go. make sure you contact us on Monday. I want to make to be sure that uh, one Sammy's gone there and he's checked out the Star of Greece because he'll make something up at some stage. He and his cycling mates, uh, they'll promise the world and they'll give you dead set zilch. So what? come back to us on Monday, AJ. Hey, I'm not the one that has been promising to bring in spuds for the last two months. Uh, hope the point I, I break. I told you, there's a list of people and they've jumped you. Hope the point break cameras are following Murray around this year. Uh, in breakpoint cameras, he means. Fascinating story. That's from uh, Moza. You're dead right, Moza. That Netflix documentary uh, would be good value following Andy Murray around at the moment. Uh, weather update for City Power, supplying power to homes. Where are you giving the weather? What, whose weather are you yeah. give, talking <laughs> giving, about here now? I'm giving you yours, but I can give you mine if you're interested. Well, let's have a look at Adelaide as well. Okay. Well, 16 degrees uh, at the moment in your part of the world, Scoop, and you're Headed for a top of 21. At the moment, for me, 13.3 degrees. Beautiful, clear skies. Headed for a top of 26. No rain, so a little bit warmer is the mercury over here. Um, we'll take a break, eh? Hey? Yeah, Come bit. back after this. You have a good think about uh, why you didn't tell us about that winner as well during the break. Good hard look at yourself. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fees. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back. After 7 o'clock, we'll hear from uh, Alexi Popperin as well. And Lockie Neal spoke on Sports Day, the Brisbane Brownlow medalist uh, last night. They covered a lot of ground on Sports Day, uh, Scoob, with Lockie Neal. A number of things, drop-in wickets, uh, songs after goals, and, of course, uh, Marcus Adams replacing him in all the uh, the latest comings and goings from Chris Fagan's lines. But I need to also mention today, last fan standing back, last one of oh, the week yeah. for us. Yep. Uh, together with Maccas, we're giving you and a mate the chance, of course, to win that trip to Delhi for the second test, India-Australia in Feb. And it's all thanks to Maccas. All you got to do today is to be crowned the last fan standing. Many have tried, not many have succeeded. So every day right here on Summer Breakfast and across the day as well with the pipe, we're providing 11 cricket questions and the last fan standing after the 11th will have the chance to win. They go into the grand final on Monday, January 30. That's the big day. All our daily winners into the final of the last fan standing quiz for the chance to take the overall prize. The flights for you and a mate, the five nights, five-star accommodation, sports luncheon with SEN's commentary team, all the corporate hospitality you could dream of at the cricket and the $1,000 spending money, all thanks to our great mates at Maccas. Sammy, quick question. You talked about the drop-in that they talked about up at the Gabba. Yeah. What about the SCG? That debate's on again between you know cricket and footy, putting in a, a drop-in at the SCG. Why the pushback? Why couldn't you have a drop-in at the SCG? Well, you can. I don't think the pushback's from footy. The Sydney Swans have wanted no, the, right. the drop-in for ages. They hate it. They yeah. hate it, in fact. But the, well, I'm, I'm, it's the trust. They don't want a. They don't want a drop-in wicket. They want this that block to stay there. Mm. 
even though we've had a, a, a mere nightmare run of test matches uh, at the SCG, um, the pitch wasn't great, I didn't think, um, this time around either. I'm not sure what your thoughts have been on that wicket over, over more recent times. I think they were lucky that there was a lot of rain. Yeah, it just didn't appear like there was much in it at all. So no. I, 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 look, I don't know. I'm no centre wicket expert, but um, Lockie Neal, we're, we're past it, aren't we? We're past whether you have a drop in or not. You, if you both codes play, you have a drop in. Yeah, yeah. Well, the trust has held sway there for a long period of time. But Brisbane, though, you're about to hear from Lockie Neal. They like it. The players like the wicket staying there. They say it gives them a point of difference and a distinct advantage. Uh, when they're playing home games up there at the Gamma. It does indeed. Very slippery. Um, Righto, we'll take our break uh, before the news headlines. Out of 7 o'clock, we'll reset. Plenty of tennis to get through. And as I said, a bit of footy on the menu as well. You're welcome to take part anytime. 1300 736 736. Drop us a text as well on the 40 Wings Tempo. The Kogan Money Credit Card, a great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back. This is Summer Breakfast. Great to have you on board for a Friday, this 20th day of January. Sam Edmund and Simon O'Donnell with you. The McCafe Menu, our official coffee partner. As always, locked and loaded with uh, Xavier Rattan Mays, Melbourne United import, Brett Phillips, SEN tennis expert, last fan standing still to come, and of course, questions without notice. Uh, the Australian Open just gets wilder by the day, Simon. So for the first time in 21 years, the top two seeds of the Australian Open men's singles have failed to reach the third round. A day of upset somewhat yesterday. Number two seed, Casper Ruud, uh, followed the reigning champion, the number one uh, seed, Rafael Nadal, out the door. He lost to Jensen Brooksby. That was a shock, but all the talk uh, yesterday for us here little Aussies watching uh, our home grand slam with was Alexei Popperin's amazing win over the eighth seed. Mm. Uh, Taylor Fritz, just incredible. And the emotion afterwards. And then there was Thanasi Kokonaka serving for a straight sets win against Andy Murray. He couldn't close it out. And three old hours later, Andy Murray triumphs in an incredible five set epic after 4 a.m. Uh, the second latest match in grand slam uh, history oh, to finish. Doesn't sound and right, does it? The second longest match in Grand Slam history as well, given it went five hours and 50-odd minutes or whatever it was. So uh, it, just a, a truly epic game, only ruined by the fact that uh, not as many people could watch it uh, mm. if it was in prime time. And that's an ongoing issue and one that we'll have a chat to BP about a little bit later on. But uh, Andy Murray, well, he spoke after the match, of course. Uh, he did want to get hit the sack pretty, pretty <laughs> rapidly, uh, but he did stop for a quick chat, um, Simon. He spoke about... Um, you know, what went into the comeback and um, I suppose everything mentally to, to come back into the match. Yeah, I mean, unbelievable that I managed to, to turn that round. Tanasi was playing, I mean, serving unbelievable, hitting his forehand huge and I don't know how I managed to, to get through it. I did, I did start playing better as the match went on um, and yeah, I have a big heart. <laughs> Well, Andy, if I may say, you have big everything, I think. <laughs> I'm not sure my wife would agree. Well, I'm not sure where that interview went at the end there. <laughs> Blimey, Tabby, what was going on there, Scoob? Uh, how is having ball kids working at any hour after midnight and not paying them, not exploitation, and against every OHNS law in the country? <laughs> that text has just landed. Good Andy Murray did hard, say... Yeah. 
Yeah, he is. But Andy Murray did say it's it's rubbish for everyone. I mean, the the staff, uh, the umpires, the crowd, the players, the officials, and everything that you have a match that finishes so ridiculously late. Wait, and wait, look at the other side of that. Uh, um, and and I, I get where our text is coming from, but one late night for the what? What an experience for those kids. Yeah, they chop off their right arm to bat. Oh, them, didn't they? absolutely. They, let's not be ta- teaching them too young. What OH&S is, please. Like those, yeah, those kids, kids have just had the experience of their lifetime. Oh, they will be 80 years of age and, and telling mm. their grandkids they yep. were there that night. That's and the yeah, sort of we, stuff We've got ever... people, all they want to do is get you know, kick the Australian Open and start getting lawyers at 10 paces on OH&S. Like the kids have just had the greatest experience of their life. No, well said. And Andy Murray on why he kept fighting him. And they didn't start the match until 20 past 10. So you think about it. A couple of hours later, nudging midnight, you know, you're two sets to love down. You're... You, you're facing someone who's about to surf for the match. It would be so easy just to roll over. The thought of coming back from that, I can't imagine the mental hurdles to get around that in your head that you're going to launch a comeback from there. But he did speak about why he kept fighting Andy Murray. Remember the other day you mentioned a stat before the <laughs> after my match the other day. Um, but I think, no, I'm outright the most matches coming back from two sets to love down. So I have done it um, before, I have experience of it, and yeah, I just rely on that experience and that drive and that fight and my love of the game and competing and my respect for this event and the competition, and that's why I kept going. And, and that, while that fire's burning, Scoop, he'll always be dangerous. Mm. Well, oh, the love's there, the passion's there to compete. It's as simple as that, isn't it? I thought it was extraordinary the way he structured those last couple of games in breaking the Kokonaka's serve, and then holding his own. Mm. You know, he, he was just a, a shot ahead or two shots ahead of where the point was. It, it, I, I thought the way he struck it was just as a real pro, an experienced tennis player that, that has this enormous will for victory. And I didn't know they were only allowed one toilet break per match. So he, he was mu- complaining, Andy mm. Murray, that here we are at 4am or 3am when, when he was speaking to the chair umpire, we're here at 3am, which is ridiculous enough as it is, and we're only allowed one toilet break uh, in a match. It's ridiculous, and you know it's ridiculous. He was having a, a back and forth with the umpire. I didn't know that. I thought they could pretty much have a, at least one a set or something. I didn't realize it was one a match. Is that right? And these pros, too, the, 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 the Djokovic, you know, you look at his issues with the crowd last night. As much as they're having issues with an umpire or discussions with an umpire or a debate with the umpire, it doesn't put them off their game. They, they, they use that still as if they need further motivation, they can still keep a, a really level head and, and play to the best of their abilities. Where so many others that are a tud, touch too fiery, I, I suppose we go down the, the Nick Curious line, is that it puts them off, you know, sends them a bit haywire for mm. five minutes. These guys seem to just stay, stay so steady under pressure. Um, Cam in Chernside Park's a little bit worried about BP that when we do speak to him, he'll be completely flyby <laughs> given the late finish. <laughs> he might well and truly be, Cam. You're spot on uh, there. Darren Cahill, long-time coach, of course, and uh, a voice and a name that a lot of listeners uh, know. Uh, he spoke post uh, the murray Kokonakis marathon. Uh, I'm expecting a few tears from that young fellow, Tanasi Kokonakis, as well, because he left it all out there. He played unbelievable tennis and was so close to victory and I'm sure his team will be able to spin a thousand positives from what he just showed here tonight and he set himself a a good platform going forward in 2023 but 
What words can you say about this guy when everybody talks about why is he still putting himself through it? Why is he training this way? Why is he pushing his body to the limit? This is why. The moments like this. Great performance, young man. You should be damn proud of yourself. Darren Cahill last night, uh, Scoob, and it was impossible to think that that or anything could overshadow the, the Popper and Fritz match that mm. uh, you and I were both watching in the afternoon because I thought, that's it, John Kane Arena, that cannot be toppled for today. Popper and winning in five sets over the eighth seed, Taylor Fritz. He won it 6-7-7-6-6-4-6-7 and then 6-2 in the fifth, an incredibly high level of tennis for a player who had a nightmare 2022 and now um, looks like he's on the fast track to getting back to good. And he was emotional, as we said off the top of the show, Scoob, in the aftermath. Uh, he did speak um, to Casey Delacqua on the court. He was overcome. It was a dreams come true sort of a moment. Here's a little bit of uh, Popperin, Alex Popperin last night. How much, <laughs> I, I, I know what the answer's going to be, but please tell us how much this win means to you, particularly in front of this home crowd. Uh, you guys were just, <laughs> just incredible. Oh my God, this is crazy, man. I really, I really couldn't have done it without you guys. Oh, this, this win is, it means so much to me. Um, I had the toughest year last year. Um, didn't win many matches. I've won as many matches this year as I won the whole of last year. Um, so, and it's only January, so. And I was talking to you, some of your team, and we know the type of pre-season that you put in. How much of that paid off today? Four hours of 26 minutes in the previous match. Today, four hours and two minutes. But how much did that pre-season just give you the belief today that you could win that match? Uh, pre-season I put my head down I worked as hard as I possibly could I don't want that feeling that I had last year ever again and that, that, that I wrote down to myself in my head and, and I'm, I'm going to keep working I'm going to keep pushing I'm going to try and keep going all the way man. I love this feeling and I want more of this feeling I want you guys to have this feeling more man I love you guys so much thank you Gee, that was amazing. Gee, that was amazing last night. I loved it. You could not love it. Uh, Alexei Popperin after his big win against Taylor Fritz on John Kane Arena. Alan's on the road. He wanted to have a chat about the Aussie Open scheduling. Al, thanks for calling in, mate. Good morning, guys. A couple of things. Uh, one is uh, my wife and I were watching the Alex Popperin. I, I don't think I've ever had a shed a tear for a game, but when I was watching him and his emotion, we were both teary. It was amazing. I mean, how he felt and you know, how emotional it was. The other thing I want to say is that, look, we like to watch the games. I think the whole program last night, I mean, you can't switch. In, in tennis games, you can't switch between, the, you know, two channels. And one of the other things was, one of the games was on HD, the other one wasn't. I can really see the, the poor quality. And the last thing I wanted to say is that, um, Simon, you're a professional athlete. How would somebody like Canalsis, um prepare for a game that he knows it doesn't start till about 10, 10, 30 at night. You can't just go to sleep in the afternoon. I mean, I bet you he's been, he was up already 17, 18 hours before he went, went onto the court. I think it's ridiculous. Such an important game. We put so, so late for him because the preparation is another thing for 
you know, younger athletes. Those, those professionals, those seasoned professionals can probably handle it better, but I think that probably did him in. He probably was up 20 hours, 24 hours before before he actually finished that game. So I just think it's ridiculous. That probably cost him the game. Thanks, guys. It's Thanks, a real Alan. challenge, Alan. Um, but what it is, at least, it's the same for both players. You know, they're, they're both going out there at the same time. They've had to try and manufacture their build-up that they're at their best at, at whatever time they're called onto the court. So it was the same for Murray and Kokonakis, and, and they make a good fist of it because they went to 4.06 this morning. Damn right they did. And the, the difficult thing is for them, Alan, is they, they can't have a nap, of course, because they don't know when they're going to be playing. Mm. They're, 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 be, they're totally handcuffed and beholden to the matches before them. So if those matches, or the first night session match runs overtime, then that's just bad luck. They have to... They have to adjust on the fly, and they get a little bit of a warning, but then it's they snap into action. Sam, I reckon we could talk to BP a little later on. Uh, that's if he, he hasn't gone to bed and we can't wake him up. Uh, is you know, possibly those night sessions are you know should be a a three set match followed by a five set match, not two five set matches that we saw saw last night. You know, maybe that's a solution to, to just try and peg it back a bit. And he's in uh, South Australia. Annie, welcome to the show. Congratulations to our um, Aussie boys in the in the tennis. Um, Alexi, that was uh, amazing, although I didn't see all of it, but just watching his interview um, this morning uh, brought a few tears to my eyes as well. But also, Nasi, um, being a Port supporter, we um, absolutely adore him, um, as he does um, our football club as well. He's a mad supporter, so just wanted to say how proud um, I am of Fanasi, and it's great to see him back playing tennis. He was out for such a long time. Yeah, he was uh, well said, Annie. Um, he should be proud. He wouldn't be in the aftermath. In fact, he was completely and utterly shattered. Didn't speak to media at all. Just uh, tweeted uh, late on in the sentence with a with a, a one sentence. Um, uh, set of words that pretty much said it all. This uh, effing sport, man. <laughs> so um, the disappointment would be raw, of course. But hopefully, in the fullness of time, he can be proud of what he delivered and the path that he might be on in twenty twenty three. And I think we forget sometimes the challenges he has had yep. physically right through his career. You know, his body's let him down so many times, but he seems to be you know starting to piece it together now. So uh, all all success to him. Let's hope it uh, it stays that way. The body looks after him. He can get to his best. I want to talk some footy with you after this break and also the ongoing debate around drop-in wickets and whether football grounds and cricket grounds should have them. This text just landed. Why get drop-in wickets at the SCG or the Gabba? Another boring, flat, lifeless wicket. <laughs> AFL can get stuffed. They're cricket grounds. Wickets need character and the drop-ins aren't. Nothing wrong with that SCG wicket. It took turn, which is good to watch. Would have been a lot more results at the SCG if they hadn't lost time from rain delays, which is a huge problem in Sydney most years. Well, Lockie Neal's spoken about that. Um, we'll talk about the Lions, we'll talk about the Swans, the Hawks as well. A bit of footy news floating around on the other side of this on Summer Brekkie. So stay with us. The Kogan Money Credit Card. A great value card with rewards and no annual fee. Summer Breakfast. Welcome back. Face text in during the ad break here, Simon. Love the wins and the coverage for Kokonakis and Popper and brilliant. But what about Demonor's win too? He was also amazing. Thanks for the coverage. That's from Faye. Of course, Faye. We did mention him, but ever so briefly in the news update earlier. And 
Look, uh, he would be happy with this, uh, the Demon. His match was rather uneventful compared to those that we've spent a lot of time on this morning. But for the record, he clawed his way past the evergreen Frenchman, Adrian Manorino. Uh, so he joins Popperin in the third round of the Aussie Open. That was three and a half hours, uh, but he prevailed. Seven, six, four, six, six, four, six, one. So four sets, three hours, 29 minutes. That one for Alex uh, Demon, or who marches on. And uh, uh, John Kane Arena, and, and someone who we've got, obviously, Big hopes for for the remainder of the tournament down there at Melbourne Park, Scoob. Um, I wanted to talk footy with you, and I wanted to talk Lockie Neal with you. The Brownlow medalist at the Brisbane Lions was on with Jared and Jono on Sports Day last night. Uh, I love the the debate around the drop-in wicket. It's it's one that's been around for a long time. All bar two grounds, main grounds in this country have, have gone with the drop-ins. It affects our major football code in AFL and also, obviously, uh, the cricketers who play on it over the summer. Let's have a listen to, to Lockie Neal on the drop-in wicket and actually cut from a different grain here why he wants it to stay at the Gabba. I like it because it, give it gives us a sort of point of difference and we get to train there, so it gives <laughs> us a bit more of a home ground advantage, I suppose. We um, get to do centre bounces on there a little mm-hmm. bit more often than some other teams. I can't really remember um, anyone getting a concussion or anything from that pitch in my time. I could be wrong there, but it can be a little bit dangerous. I think when you're tackling on on that surface, you do have to be mindful of it because if you do hit the head there, it's going to hurt. I've been unfortunately put on my back there a couple of times, but um, fortunately not my my head and um, it is very hard. So we do have to be a bit careful through that area. Three all. Have you, uh, do they water it? enough to soften it? And if so, does it get slippery and tacky at all? I think um, last year was the best that it's been. There was a really good grass cover over it through the AFL okay. season. Yeah. And um, yeah, that was the best um, that it's been. It was soft enough and had really good grass cover that it did give you a little bit of um, padding when you fell there. But in previous years, if it rains um, and hardens up, sometimes like that mud thickens mm-hmm. and it gets um, really, really hard and can be slippery as well. Back in the so there you go. That's Lockie Neal talking positively about the, the set of block, the wicket area at the Gabba there, which surprised me. Yeah, that surprised me a little bit. I, I, I'm not sure of the advantage they get training there because um, yeah, if you don't get the watering right, turf can get tacky, sticky, gluey, too hard if there's not Concrete. enough moisture on it. I, I mean, yeah. taking that element out, I think, would only be a good thing. Now... Cricket has to look after its own backyard and present pitches, and I think the MCG is a classic example of it, present pitches that are, are good for cricket. We, we've seen the last two pitches at the MCG be absolutely fantastic. Um, that that uh, test, the Ashes test, and then this year's test, I, I don't think there was anything wrong with the pitch in Melbourne. So where do you sit now with it as, as a... As... A well-qualified cricket expert, of course, played it, watched it, commentated on it, broadcasted it, everything you can do in the game when it comes to the drop-in wickets and their quality. So we got a text earlier saying, oh, drop-in wicket, another flat, boring, lifeless wicket. That might have been the, the dialogue, you know, many years ago. But if they, do you think we've got on top of it now from a curator perspective that that, that, that can, can no longer necessarily be argued? Well, we have to because there's so many other contributing factors now. You know, there's player welfare. You know, if, if someone gets hurt on that pitch in at the Gabba, I wonder then what happens. I wonder if someone does an ACL and never plays AFL again. What happens? Mm-hmm. You know, so I think because of that dynamic and we need the ground right and a blanket ruling of what grounds have got to be like 
for AFL and what grounds have got to be like for cricket. Because I, I think when you start fiddling with that, in, in this day and age, you're asking for trouble. I don't know if you remember this, but last AFL final series, there was a, an outrage in the outer about the music blasted after goals at the MCG, mainly, uh, in finals. And uh, there were a lot of complaints sent towards the, the AFL and the MCC, the Melbourne Career Club there, about this deafening music that was getting played um, during the finals because the AFL controlled the final series unlike the home and away season. And they introduced the music uh, after goals to, I guess, heighten, quote-unquote, the match day mm. experience. But the punters hated it. Absolutely mm. hated it. And in the end, the uh, the AFL listened and they, they took it away. Um, they took it away for the grand final and some other games as well. But Lockie Neal, you know, they play it up at the Gabba. They play songs after goals all the time up at the Gabba. And Lockie Neal was asked last night by Jared and Jono about uh, the sort of songs that get played for certain players up there at Brisbane. At the start of the year, um, we do put one through. And I think <laughs> if you... If you don't put one through, they pick one for you. Because I know Link McCarthy had Justin Bieber one year, and I don't think he's ever listened to Justin Bieber in his life. So there you go. If you don't pick one, they pick one for you. So that means that uh, I'm, I'm assuming Charlie Cameron's going with Baby Shark uh, every time. And that's the only other reason why he's playing it. Uh, um, uh, he also, gee, they covered a lot of ground. Um, they sp- he spoke about the midfield, Lockie Neal, as well. Um, the depth that they've got in there, of course, uh, now that Josh Dunkley uh, has joined. Yeah, that's it. We've got amazing depths um, through that part of the ground now. And um, I actually feel like through all three lines, we've got really good depth. We added um, Connor McKenna, halfback. Um, we've, we know we've got Richie, um, Kitty Coleman sort of came into his own last year in that position. And um, young Darcy Wilmot has had a great preseason as well. And we saw what he could do in the finals. So, it's not only that mid-forward role, we've got competition for spots everywhere. And um, I actually had a chat with our general manager, Danny Daly, the other day, and he said that he tried to pick a best 22 um, for round one and found it extremely difficult. Uh, that's what we want, though. So, um, yeah, I, I hate to be a coach trying to pick our team at the moment. So they're in a good spot. They've knocked on the door for many years now under Chris Fagan and haven't been able to get themselves um, over the hump or certainly into the last uh, match of the year. So it'll be a big year for the Lions up there uh, at the Gabba. Just speaking of the Swans, uh, I just read yesterday that uh, Sam Reid, of course, they took that risk on in the grand final, mm. um, the, the adductor injury that um, oh, horribly restricted him, in fact, rendered him basically useless uh, in the premiership decider. They ran the risk with him. It's something that now John Longmire admitted in hindsight, of course, was a mistake after they were pumped by uh, 81 points. Well, Reid still hasn't resumed full training up there in Sydney. So... He's still on a modified uh, football skills program. The Swans uh, revealed yesterday he's still working to get back into full training. And this is on the 20th wow. of January. So that... That's extraordinary. It's very much buyer beware at the selection table, isn't it, when it comes to... And that might have been the case anyway. We don't, we don't know whether playing him in the grand final made it infinitely worse or what the what the, uh, the diagnosis and the prognosis was. But, um, gee whiz, the fact that he played in that grand final and he still can't get out there and train now in January with, the, with his teammates is It's quite amazing over the journey, the mistakes that have been made in playing injured players. In, you, the, in the, the game for the lot, yeah. In the grand final. You know, yeah. when you look at the intensity of that first 10 or 15 minutes of a grand final, if, if your body's not as functional as it possibly can be, you, you just don't. You're not part of the game, and that was that was sort of sad to see, if you like, because poor young Reed, he just wasn't part of that grand final yeah. at any stage. And you know, it, 
you would think, you know, that lesson now will just teach that, that if you're not at a level that's been managed for a period of time and you know you can 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 lift that little more, you, you just don't play. You can't. Yeah. And it was a perfect storm for Sydney, though, because he'd been in such red-hot form and was so critical to their run to the grand final. And then without him, it was almost like, well, how can we replace? We can't replace him. I mean, we don't have a logical successor there. So they felt it was worth the risk. It wasn't. And with the crystal uh, benefit of hindsight, of course, uh, they didn't have the crystal ball at the time. It was uh, a mistake as admitted by the coach. And who was um, the fullback for Greater Western Sydney? That Phil Davis. Did, yeah, did, yeah, did the, uh, the yeah. Uh, fitness, fitness test. test pre the bounce of the ball... Even when you were sitting there watching him, oh, you could I remember see he could that. run properly. I remember that at the ground vividly, wow. just thinking that they can't pick this guy. And then when they did, you oh. just thought, wow, unbelievable. Mm. And, and it transpired exactly as it looked like it would in the in the fitness test. But the, when you're playing for sheep stations and you're playing for the lot, I mean, in many ways you can understand the dice being rolled. I mean, it, it works or it doesn't. And when it doesn't, though, the, the fallout is quite significant. We do wish uh, Sam Reed well. Hopefully he can get himself up and running uh, pre-round one, of course. So get involved on the Temper 40 Winks text. They've got your unique bed match profile there. They can find the right bed for you. 40 Winks, serious about sleep. Time for a news update, Scoob. Uh, and I don't know about you, but uh, there's a McCafe uh, coffee here as well. Uh, I'm, going, I'm just stuck in out to grab one. Back mm. shortly. An absolutely incredible Thursday at the Australian Open. A host of men's and women's top-ranked players are both number two seeds bundled out of the Australian Open. Uh, the Demon through to the third round, Alex Demon, all great. Uh, then there were the epics. There was Alexei Popperin's epic win and Thanasi Kokonakis' devastating defeat after 4 a.m., if you don't mind. Now, this man, I'm not sure how he's standing or sitting or even as the peepers open at this point in time, Scoob. Uh, BP, this was one for the record books, one for the archives. Do you read us loud and clear? Well, <laughs> Sam, absolutely astonishing. I mean, I mean, we were on our call uh, last night. Obviously, you know, it was great to be able to bring everyone listening to our uh, radio coverage. Alexi Popperin's finish, which was just an odd... By the time we picked it up at seven o'clock when we came on air, we were the little the final chapter of that match. It was it was uh, astonishing what he did. He played the match of his life. He played the match that we all thought he's capable of. Then we go into the demon with the intention of trying to call for Nasi last night, <laughs> and the, because that started so late, uh, we had to see the demon through. And I'm sort of glad we made the call, Sam, not to. Start Kokonakis, otherwise we would have been there till uh, 4 a.m. this morning. So you've got to reserve a little bit of fuel in the first week. I came home and watched that till about uh, quarter past three this morning when the eyelids got the better of me. Set the alarm for 6.30 uh, for some other commitments and uh, I could not believe Andy Murray for the second time has picked himself off the canvas to win him. That is just... Uh, I'm gobsmacked uh, what he has done with that metal hip to do that. And the tide was turning, uh, no doubt, and Thanasi, he just couldn't put him away. He had him. He had him in the palm of his hand. He'd done so much right, Kokonakis, uh, last night. But if you just leave a little door open for Andy, he'll, uh, he'll take advantage of it. He, he's the best, one of the best you know, backs-to-the-wall players I can remember. Uh, we're speaking to Brett Phillips, of course, for the all-electric Kia EV6, the GT supercar. So, uh, BP, taking nothing away from the match and the, the performance from both players, and we'll come back to what happened on the court in a moment, but the the fact that it went to the time that it did when it, and it started when it did at 20 past 10 and the ongoing debate around whether players should be playing at this time and, and Andy Murray was very vocal uh, both post-match and even during the match and in exchange with the chair umpire here um, at around 3 a.m. I and mean, where do you sit with this? I mean... We're not 
intimately familiar with the scheduling and I'm sure the mm. the the mountain of complexities when it comes to scheduling. But, uh, gee whiz, outsiders look at it and think, how can professional athletes be playing at 4.30 in the morning? Yeah, look, I suppose the thing is, Sam, it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen all the time. Uh, but the tennis, yeah, certainly with the Australian Open and the US Opens, with the day and night sessions, and the French have you know, brought in the night sessions the last uh, year or so, and, and Wimbledon is sort of the more civilised hours when you go and cover the tournament. But, I mean, these things are, are not a regular occurrence. It is difficult. I mean, do you start the day uh, earlier at 10 o'clock instead of 11? That might help uh, the cause. I mean, yeah, it's just it's just the way tennis rolls. Um, you know, the day session will have a, a start time. The night session has a start time. Anything after that is is in the lap of the gods, really. So it's uh, it's not it's not common, um, but there's a bit of theatre to it. I mean, I know Ivan Lubacic, mm. who played on the tour, obviously coached um, Federer for a big chunk of you know the, the back end of his career. At least over in Europe, so he said, "Bring it on." I mean, the European audience would have been massive uh, last night uh, tuning in. You know, it's, it's just part of it's part of tennis. It is the unique part of tennis in that uh, there's no definitive end time <laughs> to a game of tennis. Which uh, is so is so different to other sports. So if it was happening every single day, absolutely you could uh, make a came, uh, a case for it. But you know it's just one of those occurrences that happened, and um, we'll dust ourselves off and go again. A match like this, I reckon BP can make or break a player. We know plenty about Andy Murray and he handling pressure and and what it does to stimulate him. Is this a stimulator? for Kokonakis in his career, or is it one that could crush him? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a long year ahead, uh, Simon. I would have taken a, a bit out of him. You could, you could you could see the devastation. I mean, he just he had him there. I mean, you know, sometimes you're so close to the finish line and you're so far. And, I mean, he would have been looking down the other end of the court, probably you know, pretty tight towards the end because he, he knows the mindset of Andy Murray is just playing the next point. He's not... Uh, he's not in give-up mode. Uh, that's not Andy Murray's uh, uh, DNA, and that's all. That's what we've loved about him. I, I think Kokonakis can take a, a lot out of the summer. I, I've seen uh, some growth. I, I would just, I would just love him to focus on on singles. Not even maybe worry about doubles this year. I know that's for everyone. It's, it's great entertainment, but we want to see Thanasi be the best singles player. So he needs to knuckle down. And he needs to get into his zone to compete. His body now has had no injuries, really, for the best part of 12 months. So I hope it'll fuel him for more. Uh, but, you know, he's got to go on the road now. The grind starts from here. As soon as the Aussies exit the Australian summer, they've got to really, really dig in, create their own atmosphere and vibe and, and, and go to all parts of the world and, and try and find the answers. But, look, this year, he, uh, he has to be aiming for top 50. Interested to see if he gets there, uh, Alexi Popperin. What, what's he at? Oh. Sort of, what's he try to get to? You know, he, he's fallen off the face of the earth as a player. He gets a wild card in here. You know, how far can he go? Well, that is the best tennis match I've ever seen him play yesterday. And I was looking at the numbers throughout that game, and I, I just couldn't believe how many times he was getting to the net. And that—that's the key. The modern player. Uh, can't just be a, a brutal baseliner. You've got to be everything. And he's he's a big guy who has got the speed, certainly, to get in there. And he, he's a good volleyer. And, and you've got to throw a bit of caution to the wind. And a, a guy like Fritz, uh, he would have gone in knowing that, you know, Taylor, uh, the <laughs> the revolutions he gets on that forehand, they, they are zipping past you. I've got to mix things up here. 
I've got to take some risks. And Alexi was all over him. I mean, his serve is, is top-notch. Uh, his power is there for everyone to see. It's just adding these other little dimensions to problem-solve uh, throughout a match. And it meant a hell of a lot to him last night. Sometimes we just wondered about Alexi. I mean, it's hard to be in someone else's mind, but he's sort of just laconically gone through matches. And there's a little bit of extra heart there, a little bit of ticker that I, I wanted to see from Alexi. So sky's the limit. I mean, he's, he's, he's a top... Look, he's a top 20 player in the making, but it, it takes a lot to get there. And self-belief is, is a huge part of that. But he's got all the tools to be where Taylor Fritz is right now, and that's inside the top 10. A bit of sledging uh, for the Joker last night, um, BP, albeit from um, maybe a minority of, of drunk fans that were in attendance there. Um, he stood up to that. How did the hammy go, do you think? Well, it was it was the challenge last night. We were calling uh, Demon Or and um, very distracted by the monitor of Novak uh, pulling up pulling up lame a few times, uh, and then you know went off court for uh, for treatment. And as he has said in press afterwards, it's not not ideal. It's not uh, a perfect situation at all. Uh, How's he? It's just how he's going to play through it uh, from here. And you know the day off at the Slams certainly helps that uh, in order to um, you know, get the necessary treatment. Uh, if he goes on to win the whole tournament, uh, I mean, we'll just, you know, obviously say that uh, Djokovic is, is made of some pretty tough stuff. And he is, um, you know, not the, the first Novak Djokovic that arrived on Australian soil those years ago. who was pretty flaky. Uh, so, uh, but, you know, it's hard to know exactly uh, what he's feeling. And he's not giving much away. I mean, he, he shuts down sort of going into any detail about uh, about the body. Uh, but he found a way uh, last night. He really powered through that last set. And, uh, yeah, it was a big test to come now in what uh, playing Greg or Dimitrov. So that'll be a step up. Yeah, yeah, it will be. And, look, we've got to get to a break, BP. But uh, Kim Birrell, unfortunately, that uh, that story came to an end yesterday on Key Arena. Yeah, well, just, just mark down 17-year-old Linda Fruvitova. Could be world number one one day. What a star, what a star. So oh. there was a bit, of a, yeah, a bit of a class difference there. In the rallies, uh, Kim just couldn't quite go with her, and but she's uh, a little bit um, better in the hip pocket. And uh, I, I, yeah, we want to see our Aussie girls actually take the next step. But uh, easier said than done. It's been an incredible tournament thus far, hasn't it? Hard to believe it's only been four days. It almost feels like four weeks. <laughs> and if this is a sign of things to come for the second week, Brett, we are all in for a treat. Really appreciate it, mate, especially with the late night that you've had. Uh, go well today. Good stuff. Thank you, guys. Pleasure. There's Brett Phillips there. The no pinnacle... Camille Georgie, mate. No, no, Georgie from her. She from won him. straight sets. Uh, yeah, so we'll get him to talk about her. Uh, maybe, our own, uh, next our week. own, this year in breakfast. Uh, Pinnacle of Engineering is the Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia car ever crafted. Uh, the temper 40 Winks text humming along. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks serious about sleep. We'll be back right after this. Off the texture in the break here, Scoop. What happened to talking about the Hawks? I apologise. I had him on the uh, itinerary. We just didn't get to them, did we? But they trained out in Bundura yesterday. They're relaying the turf uh, over there at Waverley. So they're off site. Still no captain down there after Ben McAvoy retired. But the other thing with Ben McAvoy, of course, is they're still looking for a captain. So they're taking their time with this. I think they've got a camp, uh, as most clubs do, next month coming up at, at in Gippsland. You'd think James Sicily would be the, the nominal choice. Career best 2022 club champion. Probably coulda, shoulda, woulda, wasn't, but was unlucky to be to not be All-Australian. Luke Bruce, most experienced, but 
I guess, more of a reserve figure, isn't he? Luke Bruce maybe doesn't desire the captaincy either. But the other thing with Ben McAvoy is um, the ruck battle is red hot to replace him. So they already had two guys going, having a ding-dong battle to take the number one role there, I suppose, year upon year. One being Ned Reeves, and then there's Max Lynch. Both have been unlucky uh, with injury. And Ned Reeves was going okay before he had the shoulder Rico last year. But then they've gone and brought Lloyd Meek across convinced him to leave Fremantle for more opportunity. So suddenly you throw big Lloyd Meek into the equation, who is coming from a club where he hasn't been able to get a crack at it, and you throw him into the mix. So you've got three big fellas fighting for potentially only one spot. It's going to be a great talking point over the summer of the Hawks. Yeah. Should be yeah. good. It will be good. Yeah. But who I haven't do you heard of any go? of those three. I'm sorry. I, I you haven't, haven't heard of Lloyd Meek. No. So Lloyd Meek, but okay, you don't need to have. If they're convincing a player to leave a club in the trade period and they get him across and they trade for him, surely he has his bum on the seat at the moment, you would think, unless he's usurped. Probably need to do some homework on the Hawks. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Then. Well, Peter we'll, Knight's uh, still playing? No, Peter Knight's isn't playing anymore. And by the way, did you watch that Farward Ahmed <laughs> drop? <laughs> he was so, never going to catch it. <laughs> Geez, so, uh, off the text Never. from John. Some mutual friends that are good mates with Corey uh, Roccicelli joke that Ahmed dropped it on purpose to keep his spot in the side over Corey. <laughs> might be one of the few explanations there is because it's a staggering drop. Uh, all right, uh, question that notice on the other side of the news. Welcome back. Questions without notice not too far away. Just this text dropped here, Simon. You thought tennis was crazy? Watch Tyler Harvey's mid-court bucket to pit the New Zealand breakers. That's from Matty in far north Queensland. We played the audio of it earlier, Matty. Crazy bucket. He took the ball, uh, the inbound pass with 10 seconds to go, I reckon, Tyler. Dribbled to just inside halfway and launched uh, a three. Traditional shooting style, if you like, Scooby. He had one foot on that Hungry Jack centre circle. And it dropped the home crowd over there at Auckland Spark Arena. They lost their spark pretty quick. <laughs> and that ball found nothing but net. Just drained the life out of the oh, joint. It was yeah. a crazy day and night in sport. Yes, I don't know if it was a full moon or whatever it was, but uh, incredible. Okay, questions without notice. I've got one for you right off the top. Right. When do you expect a call from the BCCI in India, uh, given reports are now out that they are reconsidering having Michael Clark alongside Matty Hayden for the global feed of Australia's tour next month? And you might actually be piloted in and everything you've ever wanted might just manifest itself. Well, I've only heard bad things since we mentioned it a little earlier this morning. I think the BCCI have already rung the station. They've spoken to Hutchie, who didn't give me a, you know, a great leg up. What? No endorsement? No. Called for the, the character reference yeah. and it uh, wasn't forthcoming? Yeah, it was, was sort of, you know, nothing there. You know, it wasn't... Uh, so that's what my spies tell me from within the BCCI, uh, but uh, I'll put some other feelers out there today. But, okay. Um, again, I'm keeping a good eye on the two uh, morning shows on 7 and 9, and, uh, yeah, the big fella is still there and, and there's still no report on that hamstring. I'm seeing lots of uh, pull-throughs on the bottom of the screen saying lots of different things about the uh, fracas in the Noosa Park, but still nothing on his hammy. The fracas? Um, and uh, I haven't had a hot air balloon update for a while either. So if anyone's out there at the <laughs> moment, that was last we heard that we headed toward the Eastern Freeway. If someone can give us an update, they're possibly out over the Dandenongs as we speak. Um, have you got one? Got uh, sorry? QWN? Got a question with that? Yes, yeah, so Do you think Wimbledon will f- one day have lights? No. No. No, I don't think that's a bridge they should cross either. Well, there are not many traditions left. As BP sport. mentioned, you know, that 
French. French mm. are, are now you know doing some nighttime matches, and and uh, obviously the U.S. Open and the Australian Open can do it. I, I wonder if Wimbledon will follow suit. Not many things stay as they were, do they anymore in sport? And a lot of the changes are for good. But I like the sense of nostalgia and a bit of uh, old fashioned. Um, you know, uh, overlay to, to our major events. And hey, they don't, do they have much trouble with their scheduling over there in Wimbledon? They don't even play night matches. And well, they manage to get it all done. Well, as you know, you know their summer, it doesn't get dark till 9 yeah. 30, 10 o'clock. So they're, they're literally playing night matches, but they don't go right into the night like we can here after midnight. Hey, they would have been the only ones happy with Andy Murray's finishing time as well, the Brits, yeah, given the time that uh, yeah. they would have finished nicely in the mm. late afternoon over there. Right, right. They'd be straight in the pub question without notice Lance Morris the wild thing the newly crowned wild thing so with Mitchell Stark not taking part in the first test can you mount any argument that it'll be him that takes his spot over there oh, for the genuinely, first genuinely make his debut he's in the frame or will it just be bowling piloted right on him oh, he's in the frame we'll, we'll, we'll see and I think that you know lots going to um, be dependent on the pitch that they think they're going to be dealing with. But, um, you know, as we've said right throughout the summer since we watched the test matches here in Australia and the 2020 World Cup here in Australia, genuine pace bowling, express bowling is now part of a team's armoury. They want an express bowler. The sides that are having success in many aspects now, not all aspects, but many, have an express bowler in their lineup. I have an ancillary question for you then. So I know you don't like pumping yourself up and you won't be here, but I want to know what it's like. Who was the fastest bowler you faced, do you reckon? Um, fastest bowler either was a Matt Graham or Wekar Eunice when they were humming. Fair dinkum. So what's it, can I just uh, can you put it into words what it's like? I've, I've, we've all been to cricket training, perhaps a lot of us, and we've cranked the bowling machine up to <laughs> 150 plus and watched it from, a, from safety. What's it like facing that? Can you put it? Can you summarise? Yeah, you, you're ready for it. You, Are you? You're, yes, your attention, you're up and about. You know what's about to come. So, so you're actually expecting it. You're expecting express, and you're expecting it somewhere from one. You know, a lot of deliveries in a in a certain region. So, your your height of awareness is even greater than usual, and so that you... that is that is wound up. By a sense of fear. So did you ever have a moment where you felt for a time that you couldn't react quick enough, that it was all about survival? Forget stroke play, forget scoring. I just am struggling to oh, yeah. react in time here. Numerous times. But you, you just you know, hang in there. It's interesting. You know, we didn't, you know, helmets were starting to come in the days I played. So oh, that, that's scary. how long ago it was. Yeah. But, but again, but it wasn't scary because I talk about that height of awareness. When you have that extra fear... That if, if you do something wrong to a short pitch ball, it could be a, a serious concern to your welfare. It's amazing how you can get out of the road or something. But there's only so so many evasive actions you can take. I mean, if he bowls a short pitch ball at you at 155 and he's, and he's aiming it right, there must be in the back of your mind you're thinking, I could easily get struck. You're batting without a helmet, which is crazy to think about now. But if he bowls short pitch stuff at you, you're not always, and people didn't always get out of the way. Yeah, but... The majority of times that people get hit is when they make a mistake. Whether they make a mistake much... with their shot or whether they make a mistake of the way they're avoiding the, trying to avoid the ball. And the biggest mistake is taking your eyes off it.
And going back, did you have all the protective equipment they do now? Did you have the rib guards? Did you have the... Not really. The, no. You didn't really? really. No. They didn't even wear double no. thigh pads back in I the day. I don't think we had... Uh, you know, I can't remember arm guards. Arm guards. But, uh, but again, it wasn't... It was just the way it was. It, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't a debate. It wasn't on the agenda. Okay. Uh, question without notice uh, for you. Uh, what sort of crowd uh, would be befitting of Smith & Warner tomorrow night at, at the BBL at the SCG? It's had a heck of a lot of hype. And I'm um, speaking to Alistair Dobson. I think he was uh, hoping for a sellout. Do you think they'll pack it out? Well, I hope so. I'd say the BBL's had a ripping year, I, I think. Really good year. And, and, you know, the games continue to be exciting. And, you know, nothing is probably settled outside of the, uh, the Sixers and the Scorchers being in the top four. So I'm loving what I'm seeing, enjoying it. Albeit I didn't see any of it last night because I was completely enthralled in the tennis. <laughs> it went from one fantastic game of tennis to another. Uh, Wimbledon once had the Isna Mahut match, which went uh, to 70-68 in the fifth set. Brooks is reminding us that that would pose a problem for scheduling, I would have thought, when a match goes 70-68 in the fifth. Unbel- unbelievable. And does a song, question that notice, if you could pick your own song you're playing for the Brisbane Lions, you kicked a snagger up there at the Gabba, would you a song readily come to mind? Oh, song, song. I reckon, I reckon something from Right Said Fred would suit you. Who's right said Fred for a start? I'm I'm too sexy, they sung. Oh, stop it. Stop <laughs> right. it. Hey, hey, there's some live sport I'd, on at the moment. Uh, Tottenham I'd and Man on City. Ed Sheeran, I reckon. Something from Ed, Ed Sheeran, Sheeran yeah. Oh, it's a bit and Andre placid. Bocelli. A bit placid. Andre yeah, had a bit of class in there, a bit, a bit of internationalism. <laughs> What about a bit of Chariots of Fire or something like that? <laughs> hey, uh, Premier League action at the moment. Now, this is a big result as things uh, stand. We're 54 minutes in here and Spurs have a 2-1 lead over Man City. Uh, that one's taking place at the Etihad, I think. Man City hot on the heels. Uh, well, they're not really hot on the heels. Arsenal blowing them away at the moment and they've even got a game in hand. But they can't afford to drop this one, City. Um, but Spurs, who sit fifth... Have a 2-1 lead in this one. We'll watch it with interest. Two goals in about two minutes um, just before halftime from Tottenham. Hey, together with Maccas, we're giving you and a mate the chance to win a trip to Delhi for the second test, aren't we? We're, we're very generous here, and Maccas are as well. It's in February. It's all thanks to our friends at McDonald's. All you have to do is to be crowned the last fan standing. So, Scoob, I haven't seen the questions. I'm over here in Adelaide. I've got no idea I'm what liking they're like. them. It's an all-round quiz today. Okay, Brooksy outsourced all yesterday. Round but he's taken the reins again today. So 11 questions. Answer correctly and you keep going. Incorrect, you're out. And we'll take the next caller. And the last fan standing out, the 11th question, gets the chockies and goes into the grand final. Now is the time to ring, Simon. I'm waving uh, the checkered flag. Uh, now that's what they wave at the end. The green lights are on. There you go, at Albert Park for this. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. While they're ringing in, Scoop, to take part in your quiz, we'll get to this. I'm still standing. Last fan standing, thanks to Mackers. Actually, speaking of songs in moments of triumph, uh, I'm Still Standing might be one for Andy Murray. Incredible. Just uh, keep watching the highlights here on the small screen. Some of the rallies have to be seen to be believed. There was one in the third set where Kokonakis could have put the ball away at the net with a smash, I reckon, six times. And Murray's just defending, 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 and he wins the point. Mm. Kokonakis smashes the racket and... oh. 
crazy amount of points in that game. Okay, last fan standing uh, right here at uh, SEM Breakfast. Scoob, you take the reins in moments like this when the stakes are so high. A lot of familiar names on the call screen still fighting <laughs> to make the grand final on January 30. Where are we going first? We're going to Steve first from Roeville. G'day, Steve. How are you going, guys? Good. Steve, the S in DLS, Duckworth Lewis, what is it? Uh, What's it stand for? System. Got it! No, mm. no, Steve, it's not. Let's go to Darren at Tarnit. G'day, Darren. Hello, Solomon. How are you going? Good, thanks. Darren, the S in Duckworth Lewis. What's the S stand for? Surveillance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Duckworth Lewis surveillance system. Uh, I'll like tell that. you what, you've got to earn your right to keep going in this quiz, let me tell you. Let's go to Peter from Gladstone Park. G'day, Peter. Uh, system. No, it's not system. This one's it's a not. good opener yeah, here. It is a good opener. Oops. There might be any left to go for the other tenure at the minute. Uh, Jared joins us from Hampton. G'day, Jared. Morning, boys. Duckworth Lewis, what's the S stand for? Stern. Stern, that's it. Hey. Well done, Jared. Good work. We move on. Question two. How many days did the longest recorded test match last? Jared? Longest recorded test match ever. Yeah. Uh, 12. No, it wasn't 12. A bit less than 12, Jared. Alex joins us from Templestowe. G'day, Alex. Good morning. Alex, how many days did the longest recorded test match last? It's less than 12. Uh, I was going to say 12. I'll go 10. No, it's less than 10. Alex joins us from... uh, That was Alex. Let's go to Ben from Rye. G'day, Ben. Ben, the longest recorded test match, it didn't go 12, it didn't go 10, it went... Nine. Nine days. Well done. Good on you, Ben. Question three. At which ground did Ben Stokes have his famous innings against Australia in 2019, making an unbeaten 135 to secure victory? Uh, Was it Trent Bridge? No, it wasn't Trent Bridge, Ben. Tynan from Creswick. G'day, Tynan. Hello. That Ben Stokes innings that won the Ash or won the Test match for England in 2019, 135 he made. What ground was that made at? Uh, was it at Headingley? It was at Headingley, oh. Tynan. Well done. Brooksy's Headingley rears its head. I yes, love it. Yes, yeah, no, no, he can't stay away from there, can he? <laughs> Which English quick hit Steve Smith in the head with a bouncer at Lords in 2019, forcing him to retire? Joffre Archer. That's it, Joffre Archer. And I reckon his replacement in that game was Marnus Labashain. So, well, thank you to Joffre Archer for knocking out Steve Smith. I never thought <laughs> I'd say that. Okay. Tynan. Which country is the current ICC World Test Champion? New Zealand. New Zealand is correct. Question six. Relieve the pressure. Which team has won the most BBL titles? Uh, Perth Scorchers. Perth Scorchers, they certainly have, Tynan. How many boundaries did Matthew Hayden... This is a multiple-choice question. How many boundaries did Matthew Hayden hit in his famous innings against Zimbabwe where he made 380 runs? Was it 49, 54 or 62? 62 between 40 
No, it wasn't 62, Tynan. You've just fallen there. Chris joins us from Point Cook. G'day, Chris. Chris. Good morning, lads. How are you? Here we go again, Chris. How many boundaries did Matty Hayden hit in his famous innings of 380 against Zimbabwe? Was it 49, 50 or 54? I'll go 49. Well done, oh, Chris. Yes. You survived. Good work. He's got a bit of work ahead of him, though. I've oh, got a long way to go. <laughs> 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 Might be a Monday job. <laughs> Question eight, Chris. Which team did Australia play in the first one-day international match? And we're going back to 1971. First one-day international. Uh, I'll have a stab at England. England. Well done. You got it right. Good stuff. Chris. Who has taken more test wickets, Josh Hazelwood or Pat Cummins? Uh, I'll go with the Hoff. Yeah, Josh yep. Hazelwood, he has. Good 222, work, Pat Cummins, 214. Oh, two to go. Question here. 10, Chris. To the nearest thousand, what was the crowd at the MCG for the T20 Women's World Cup final in 2020? The nearest thousand. Oh, that's not a multiple choice, is it? Yes, it is. Nah, it, it is 86, it? 88, 90. 86, 88, 90. Uh, I'll go the middle one. You shouldn't have. <laughs> oh, no. So, so Chris, he knows no Monday. Monday. Steve joins us from Chernside. Oh, that's you know, Steve. At least have some sympathy. Yeah, boys. Uh, Stephen? I'll just go straight up. I don't know. It's, I'll take 86. 86, you've got it, Steve. Oh. Well done. Good work. Now, oh, I reckon goodness. we got our first case of coronavirus from that match. We know we did. One person was yeah, there. One out of person. Those 86,000 had coronavirus. That's why I knew it was 86, because it was referenced so many times. In fact, COVID and the whole world changed about two weeks after mm. this match. There you go. Because, yeah, uh, yeah that, so there, there's a little... Fact yeah, that no go. one cares about. Anyway, Steve doesn't give a toss about yeah, that. No, to the last no, Steve's a bit That's keen right. on getting to India. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Steve. Just you know, we build this pressure, and this is the last yeah. question, Steve. So we wish you well. Cheers, Steve. Who did Australia defeat in the T Twenty Women's World Cup in twenty twenty? I'll say India. Did you say India, Steve? <laughs> Yeehaw. Good work, Steve. Well done. Excellent. He's good on, your he's good on you, you, Steve. He's, he's done it, stay as someone said. So, Steve, stay on the line, and we will uh, hear from you again on January uh, the 30th uh, for the grand final for Last Fan Standing. That's when you will uh, lock horns with many others uh, who have won the daily uh, prize. If you'd like to go into this uh, final on January 30, flights for you and a mate to Delhi, the five nights, five-star accommodation, the sports luncheon with the commentary team, Corporate hospitality at the cricket and spending money to the value of a thousand dollars. What a prize it is! All thanks to Maccas. And there's another chance to win across the day today and again tomorrow with us. It's the last fan standing. All thanks to McDonald's. Uh, poor old Chris Scoop. I tell you what, because it always seems to be that whenever Chris gets knocked out, the next couple of questions are half volleys outside off stump as well. Like he'd be <laughs> he's, he's maintained his sense of humour, oh, yeah. which is nice. He's having a dash. I think we're just gonna, I reckon we're just going to have to send him. <laughs> we've just got to find another oh. sponsor. Say, look, Chris has got to go. He has to go. I started to visualise oh. it then too. I was like, he's going to break through here and it's going to be a seismic moment um, on par with Andy Murray's triumph last night. But no, 
the pressure continues to build and the wait goes on for poor old Chrissy out there in, uh, in Point Cook. We're going to talk some MBL shortly with uh, Xavier uh, Ratan Mays, the Melbourne United import and six-man extraordinaire crossed from the Illawarra Hawks last year and now doing some nice stuff for Melbourne United in the NBL. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. SEM Breakfast is for the Kogan Money credit card, uh, packed full of value. And I've got a text here. Surely when Simon kicks a goal, the Scooby-Doo theme song belts around the Gabba. That one's from uh, from Beetle. Yeah. And I like this one. If any younger upcoming sports person is in doubt about the commitment required to play professional sport, show them Andy Murray's last two matches. Billy, um, don't very... be a hero by paper lace. Why well, wouldn't you belt it out? Tell you what, also, we might read them out in the last half hour. A lot of texts came through earlier when we were talking about Sam Reid perhaps playing that grand final, well, not perhaps, playing that grand final when he definitely should have, and he still hasn't rejoined main training up here, uh, up in Sydney, rather, uh, at the SCG. A lot of texts coming through about those that have rolled the dice and come up snake eyes, but also those that have rolled the dice and it's worked out all for the better. Um, so we might uh, talk footy's version of Russian roulette uh, in the final half an hour. Some of those great old stories from those that have uh, run the, the gauntlet and got away with it and those that it perhaps haven't. Well, we'll take the, the news headlines now. And on the other side of it, uh, we'll continue right here on Summer Breakfast. Sam Edmund, Simon O'Donnell. See you soon. Welcome back. Shouldn't have uh, poked the bear or shouldn't have talked up Man City's demise too much, uh, Simon, because they've scored again. <laughs> Riyad Mahrez has found the back of the net at the Etihad. It's Man City 3, Tottenham 2. Sounds like a banger of a game over there in the English Premier League. You know what? I, during the ad break as well, I had time to sit and reflect about poor old Chris in Point Cook. Now, he's been the bridesmaid, I, I want to say, every day since we started. He's He's rolled up. He's come up with nothing, uh, some of them absolutely cruel. So I thought, we've got a few prizes here that are just uh, sitting around. So, Chris, if you're still yeah, listening... You're going we'll soft it. on Chris. I probably am, and I'll probably... I'm quite liking the it. emotional torment of Chris. <laughs> I know, you took great delight. <laughs> well, you shouldn't have. I'll see you later. Well, uh, no, we'll give him the double pass. Oh, I will anyway. The double pass <laughs> to the Summer Festival at the Valley. Chris, it's on January 28. Experience fun you won't forget with racing. There's live music and entertainment. The Summer Festival at the Valley, January 21 uh, to February 24. Tickets at thevalley.com.au. But these ones are for Jan 28. So if you're keen, Chris, you can go along uh, on us. I'm, perhaps I'm getting soft. Um, maybe I'm getting soft, Scoot. But anyway, there you go. Yeah, you are getting soft. So, Chris, you've got to, just got to cop your whack. You just keep ringing up and we'll keep giving you the opportunity. If you come up short, you come up short. I wouldn't have been giving you a, I wouldn't have been giving you a prize in any shape or form. Hey. Um, Sam, I've got some news for you. Yes. Steve Smith just signed with Sussex in county cricket. Yeah. He's going over there to play in the winter. So when would he play that? Straight off the back of the ashes? I would say so, yeah. May. They're saying he's going to start. So um, Steve Smith going to play with Sussex. Can, can you educate me on his county cricket history or not? No. Okay. For those, no. um, for someone like you who played there for a long period of time, what's Sussex like as a, as a club? Sussex is down at Hove. Mm. Um so just, uh, what's that, south of London, down on the beach? Well, that's what they used to play, Sussex. Nice there. ground? Yeah, Sea Breeze. Yep. Um, Tony Gregg used to play there, Imran Khan. Garth LaRue was a, was a Sussex pro for Imran a Imran Khan year. played there, did he? Yeah, he did. Yep. Imran Khan played there. Did you ever, did you ever make any scores against, uh, down there against Sussex? No, I don't think so. I think uh, I bowled there a couple of times. We played Sussex on the 85 tour. I think I got none for 78 and none for 112. <laughs> 
So, um, okay. And I think a duck and four. Yeah. So, no, no, Sussex holds some good memories for me. Good memories. Remember when they were saying over there that England, you know, shouldn't be helping Australian players prepare for, for England conditions by playing? So, will he play? He'll, he won't play before the Ashes over there. That won't be the. No. Or, or will he? No, I don't think so. Well, he so won't have time. He'll, he'll have India. Yeah. He's come home. Straight, straight there. Yep. Wash the bag, wash his clothes, and get on the plane and go to India. Yeah. Uh, to okay. England. Now, remember, we're talking about, we didn't get any clarification on this. So I, I, I was unaware that um, tennis players now only got one toilet break per match. I thought they got multiple, to be honest, but two, apparently two they don't. Match. Did you? Yeah. I would have had plenty if I was up until that hour. Uh, stay hydrated, of course. Uh, Andy Murray, well, he did speak about the toilet break rule because he was unhappy with it in the middle of the match there at 3 o'clock in the morning. Now, this was uh, Andy Murray uh, talking about the one trip to the dunny you're allowed to make uh, in the middle of a tennis match. Yeah, look, I understand obviously the the rules on 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 the tour with the toilet breaks and the bathroom breaks, and I've obviously been very vocal about that. But you know, it's three and three in the morning. Uh, you know, I've been drinking all day. I need to go to the toilet, and you know, it's just yeah, it's obviously frustrating in in that moment. Um, I understand it because you don't want people taking advantage of the rules, but. You know, when you're sticking players on the court three, four in the morning, then, you know, sometimes it needs to be a little bit of leeway. That's Andy Murray. I told off the text here from Steve Joffre. Archer plays for Sussex too. The Nets will be great watching. In fact, I'm told, I'm not sure if he wants me to mention his name, but someone texted me who would know to say Steve is actually playing before the Ashes in England in May. So he, he is going to play for Sussex pre-Ashes series, which is... Uh, which is interesting. Mm. Um, well, it says we'll he arrives in May, but I, I know that the um, Australia will have think... the World Test Championship to play, and they'll have the obviously the Ashes, which are I th- the Ashes commence late June um, and through July. So yeah, I, I suppose he, he, he will get a few games in um, pre that to give himself a bit of a a, a bit of a warm up leading into the Ashes. Yeah, which has been the topic of conversation historically about England perhaps giving um, giving the Aussies a leg up. So it looks as though it will continue. Hey, we'll take a break. We need to talk NBL on the other side of this, uh, Scoob. Xavier uh, Mays is going to join us, the Melbourne United uh, import uh, across from the Illawarra Hawks, of course, and uh, he's going to join us. We're going to talk all things NBL and Melbourne United with Xavier after this. Well, Melbourne United are marching at the moment. Dean Vickerman's men, they are. They're on a four-game winning streak up to seventh on the NBL ladder ahead of tomorrow's meeting uh, over here with the 36ers. And our next guest has played a major role this season, Canadian Xavier Rattan-Mays is with us. Morning, Xavier. Thanks a lot for your time this morning, mate. Good morning, good morning. Thanks for having me. You must be uh, happy with life at the moment. Things are looking pretty good on the court of late for for you and your boys. (laughs) Yeah, we're... um... Playing good basketball, we're starting to click at the right time, and um, it's always a lo- always a little bit better when you're when you're winning games. So, what what has gone into this? I mean, if you can break it down for us, even explain it or put it into words, it's never any one thing, I suppose. But what's what's gone into getting a, a nice little head of steam up over the last uh, last uh, handful of games? Um, well, it, it it helps that we've had we've had our whole roster together, and um, you know, we guys are back together, guys are clicking. Um, guys are playing at a high level, and, it, and it's always nice when you can uh, go into these games knowing that you have your full roster and, and, and depth at each position. And, you know, we've, we've, been, we've had our times this year where guys have been down, and um, we just have this next uh, man-up mentality. And um, we're, we're starting to, like I said, we're starting to really click and starting to play basketball at the right time. It's, 
you know, it's not always about playing your best basketball to start the season. It's, it's the teams that can finish uh, the season playing um, their best, and, and then you try and keep it rolling into the playoffs from there. Xavier, excuse my naivety, but, you know, players coming from overseas and, and coming into a, a team for the first time, to get yourselves regular and knowing you know, how you how you all play, what sort of time does that take to settle in? Mm-hmm. Because you've played with a, a lot of teams in a lot of countries. You know, how long before you get to know your fellow teammates? Um, I mean, yeah, it does take time. It's something that, you know, is a process. It doesn't doesn't happen overnight it's um it's a continuous ongoing process it's something that you know we're to this day we're still learning about each other still growing together um but you know we we've been able to to kind of accelerate that in in you know a, a four or five month uh time period um and we're like i said we're starting to put it together at the right time which is the most important thing and obviously at the beginning of the season you go through your training camps and you do all those things and um, one thing that you know is is really good here at United is you know we're 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 together a lot. We we see each other more than we see our families. Um, and you know when we go on these road trips, it's it's just uh, our group of ten, eleven players and our coaching staff and and our training staff. So it's it's a very small group, um, and we're we're continuously around each other. So you you have no choice but to, to really learn about each other and, and grow together pretty quickly. So, Xavier, you've played, obviously, you've played in your native Canada. You've played in the U.S. You've played in Greece, Romania, Israel, obviously here in Australia. You're a young man at 28. I mean, what? What's, you don't like sitting still for long, do you? <laughs> that, that hasn't been the plan. It's just how it's kind of worked out. Jeez. <laughs> oh, um, but, you know, it's, it's a blessing. It's a blessing to be able to travel the world, to play basketball, to um, – you know, make a career out of playing basketball. You know, I'm mm. um, I'm big on my faith. And, you know, every morning when I wake up and I say my prayers, I'm, I'm extremely thankful to be able to wake up every morning and, and to be able to play this game for a living. And um, no matter where that is. But um, the goal is to have some stability. The goal is to, after the season, be able to sign a long-term contract somewhere and, and, and be able to be in one spot in, in one, with one group of guys and um, under one organization, that's that that is the goal. That stability is the goal for myself and um, for my family. So, uh, but I don't take it for granted. I, I the opportunity to be able to travel all over the world and play basketball and you know meet new people and see see different places has been um, yeah. one of the most beautiful things in my life. Be amazing. Uh, cultural journey. I mean, what an adventure. And I mean, you say you want to sign a long term contract somewhere. I mean, would you like that to be in Australia? Is is the country won you over? Definitely, I, w- I would. I would love to be here in Australia. I would love to, you know, finish my career here in Australia with however many years I have left. Hopefully, that's a long time. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I would. I would love to be in Australia. It's it's a place that I've I've fallen in love with. I'm I'm from Toronto, Canada, so you know, Australia is very sim- has a lot of similarities. Um, my fiance is is from Sydney. Um, I love. I absolutely love being in Melbourne, and and hopefully. Um, it, it could be a conversation this offseason that, you know, this is a place that um, I call call home here at Melbourne United. Awesome. Well, well, first things first, uh, your beloved Melbourne United, you head to Adelaide. You play um, Adelaide tomorrow night at 8 p.m. I, I reckon your last four trips over there, you've won three of them. So it's a pretty good record away from home against uh, Adelaide, Xavier. Yeah, I mean that, that's always a, that's always a good number to have. But you know, going to these games, those those things really don't matter much. We're playing a, a desperate Adelaide team, um, just just as desperate as we are to 
to get into these uh, the, this postseason. And obviously, it's been a whirlwind with with teams losing, teams winning, and um, we have a, we have a real chance to to get really high in these standings and, and to um, you know put a, a great season together after the way we started. So um, all our focus is on tomorrow, going in there and and you know doing the things that we need to do to win and. Uh, I'm sure that you'll see a, a extremely desperate United team tomorrow and, and one that um, is, is really trying to get into these playoffs and, and hopefully make a championship run. So have you won the slow start? Hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, there was a lot. You know, we we had a bunch of new faces. Um, you know, we, you know, a bunch of guys out. We were, we were playing with, you know, uh, some tough lineups. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's, it's something that you have to weather sometimes, you know, there's, there's injuries, there's guys that go down, there's, there's things that you have to experience and you have to go through. But um, like I said, it's not about playing your best basketball at the start of the season. And um, it's about playing your best basketball at this time of the year. And um, that's what we're starting to do do now. And we're, we're hopefully um, putting ourselves in position to not only make the playoffs, but like I said, make a championship run and, and do something really, really special. What a story it could possibly be. Absolutely, it could be. And this part of the world, Xavier, they love their basketball. In fact, uh, they've set stadium records for attendance in each of their last three home games. So they're frothing for it over here. They'll be loud. But I reckon you might embrace that. I reckon you love that stuff, don't you? 100%. And, and you know, our, our, our front office and our management team does such a great job of, of promoting these games and, and filling these seats each and every night. So, you know, hats off to them and, and everything that they do and, and how hard that they work. Obviously, you guys see the product and, and the guys that step out onto the floor and our coaching staff and stuff like that. But there's a whole team, you know, working behind us that, that does an amazing job. And, um, you know, for us to be able to go into these games uh, and, and have a and have a sold-out crowd and, and play in front of, you know, whatever it is, 11,500 screaming fans is, is, um, is special for us as players. And, um, we're extremely lucky here in Melbourne to be able to have that kind of support and, and have the um, organization that we do and, and the fans that we do. So we're looking forward to it, um, but we can't get too ahead of ourselves. We got Adelaide in Adelaide, New Zealand in New Zealand, and mm-hmm. then we can we can worry about coming home and, and being in front of our fans. Xavier, absolute pleasure to talk to you, mate. Really enjoyed it. Uh, on behalf of Simon and I, uh, best of luck for, for tomorrow night over here in, in Adelaide. We wish you well for that and obviously the, the rest of the season beyond with Melbourne United and hopefully a long-term contract at the end of it all to stay put. I uh, really appreciate your time, mate. Thank you so much for having me. Always a pleasure, guys. There he goes, Xavier Rattan Mays, or XRM as the United fans call him, um, Scoob. He's a, he's a delightful fella. Yeah, he's a lovely fella. Good on he's him. got a few um, stamps in the... Passport. In the passport. Wow. <laughs> As he was. As he was. Truth. Good on him. Real sense, of, real sense of adventure, hasn't he? Hey, uh, I, just. Uh, you excited, eh? You're about to I wish am, me goodbye and get on your bike. Really looking forward to it. But I was just reading this text here. So Steve Smith is playing three games in May before the Ashes. Yeah. That is confirmed. Yep. Um, and as Sonny and Craigieburn points out, this is a good advantage we have for the Ashes. Our players can go to England, play at the highest domestic level, but the English players, and why is this so, Scoob, can only play district level here in Australia. Why can't why, why don't um why don't the Shield teams take them on? Why? <laughs> but why is it so? Well, they need a lot more players to fill their teams. Yeah. We don't yeah. mean as many. So, you know, if, if we took on as many overseas players as they did, you know, we've only got six teams. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, they've got 16 or 18. So yeah. you make a very good point.
um, you know, it takes up too much room for developing our players. It is a nice, and that's that's obviously why he signed with Sussex. He can get a few games in before the Ashes and, and get yeah. some match playing yep. out in the middle. Yeah. Steve like Smith it. will, will watch that with Joffre interesting. Archer. Yeah, well, that, uh, won't that net session He's be, back. Uh, oh, yeah, he is like, back, isn't he? I like him. Yeah, straight, we've missed him. How long has it been? Geez, it's been a long time since we've Elbow seen him full flight. He's back. He's back. He's, he's All right. We'll take our final break. Have you cited, uh, is JDS in the chair for mornings over there or what? Mate, he's sort of him? been wandering around aimlessly. I, I don't know why. I don't think he and Benny Lyon are getting on, but we'll, we'll figure all that out in a minute. He'll be, he'll be back. He's just actually he's just gone out the door. The site actually, I don't think he will be here for. Oh, well, 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 someone will be. So we'll take our final break and uh, then we'll touch base with whoever it might be on the other side of this. Great to have your company all morning on Summer Brecky. We'll be back to hand over on the other side. Yeah, nearly wind down time, Summer Brecky. You're about to hand over to uh, Julian Destut. Uh, he, he, didn't take his bike, he didn't take his bike over, did he? Yes, he has taken That's his bike. That's why we're here. Sam, you're a spectator. No. Let no, it, that's why we're here. Let it go, we're, mate. You've got to enjoy the sights. You're not going to be a professional cyclist. You've got to, no, you, you've got to let it go. There's many reasons why I won't be a professional cyclist. So you're, but, going, to be um, in your, you're going to be in your lycra today, watching well, an event. Well, does Andy Murray wear tennis shoes when he plays tennis? <laughs> that's so, yeah, not a so bad I'll, answer, to be I fair. I will be. Uh, well, to be fair, that's a pretty good But answer. he's a professional. Oh, right, okay. Well, did you play footy out there for Baronia? Yeah, when or, I was uh, playing, I didn't go and watch Baronia in my full kit. Not pretending to be professional, just simply you, what, what you do when you're... Yeah, you're a funny well, breed. I think, he, I think he played for Aberfeldy, yeah. mate, just so he was closer to Essendon, just in <laughs> case they made a final. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Yes. I, had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun with you this week, Simon. Been, uh, uh, been a good laugh. Just bring those spuds in on Monday. Yeah, and no, all no, those spuds will be in. Mate, good luck. I hope... I, I just... I'm worried for your welfare. I hope everything goes well. No, enjoy. Stay safe. There's been a few stacks on the mechanical the issues. Yeah. Not going that quick. Jules, who what you got, you got on? Happening? Well, I just want to say to Simon, well done. If, what you said about the ball kids was spot on this morning. Oh. Mate, they love it. They couldn't give a stuff for the other 24 hours. People want to go lawyers at 10 paces. Let the kids and be why, kids if for People once. just realise they don't get paid. What, do people think they got money? What is wrong with people? I used to get pocket money. I used to get two cents worth of mixed lollies. They don't want to get paid. They just love it. Uh, yeah, plenty off off the back of the tennis. We're going to get over to OKC to chat Josh Giddy as well. Happy riding, Sammy. Enjoy, Sammy. See you Monday. Thank you, fellas. See you Monday Bye at six. All.